Hello, and welcome to the Gaming Fix Podcast, episode 190 on September 18th, 2021. I am your host, Andre Cole, a.k.a. The Wet Gamer, a.k.a. your partner's favorite Ikea furniture. I'm joined today by Allison. Ooh. You know, I, I've had good luck with Ikea furniture. Like, I... My apartment is all IKEA furniture, and it's it's working out pretty well. Um, my my dining room table is, is a very lovely IKEA furniture. So, it's, what's it it's, called? I honestly don't remember. Damn. Sorry, uh, I do Alex. not remember, but I just have like nothing but IKEA furniture in here. That's, it's okay, Alex. I have been using the same IKEA lamp for like the past seven years. And it's what's directly behind my dre- uh, dress, my desk, and lights us lights me up for this podcast. So nope. that one, great. Hey, that's great. Pat, totally don't don't remember what it's called. Uh, love a Billy bookcase. That's yeah. basically mm-hmm. the peak. You don't. It's they. It's it's minimalist. It looks good enough, and it's under a hundred dollars. You couldn't. You can't go wrong. I'm looking at the photos <laughs> on the page. There's like it's beautifully lit. It looks like Lara Croft's manor from the first tomb raider movie with angelina how, jolie and it's how, just filled with billy bookcases is glorious how tall is it is it like um like a tall bookcase is it like a waist high is it a no it's tall it's okay it's, so it's, it's like a six six foot or something yeah yeah it, they have oh, some okay, that are kind of sure. wider some that are kind of taller yeah that's an multiple size you can get it in a with doors veneer, on a black brown color or white yeah speaking out of turn Sam. If you're going to talk about IKEA furniture, you have to talk to the person whose wife goes to IKEA four to five times a year at least. And that's we me. talk about going to IKEA four to five times a month, and then don't <laughs> we have not yet gone to the <laughs> IKEA that is near here. So she goes at least at least once every other month. She buys a lot to- of um, stuffed toys for Peter there. I used okay. to live about oh, yeah. 20 minutes from an Ikea, and we would go all the time, and it was exhausting, and I hated it. But oh. Uh, oh, I didn't even I, mention that my, my rugs in my apartment are Ikea, and they're, like, honestly really beautiful. Like, I... There's some good stuff there. There's like, a chair. You can't tell that they're Ikea, but I'm like, they're honestly, like, really I nice I want to say it's the Poong chair that is, like, a favorite among racing sim people if you okay. want, like, a budget chair to... to sit uh, in with a I, wheel stand yeah and the reason that this came up is is before that we were recording we we're talking about figure collecting and how literally every single person in figure collecting has uses the detolf mm-hmm. uh cabinet like there's good stuff there i, I just Nerds. i just want to touch on how like sam ran out of the room and came back like a like, goblin let's like a five like a, he did run out like a goblin and came back mm-hmm. with like a five foot long shark yeah like it was like <laughs> it was like yep. life size yeah that was honestly and then he wagged it around like it was gonna like holding up a bank like <laughs> nobody move i uh, i got a stuffed shark so i, I don't know it looked pretty lifelike to me what? What's up with the IKEA restaurant? I've never been. Do they uh, like horse meatballs or whatever? Yeah, it's really cheap and it's pretty good. Was there like yeah. monkey good vegan options? Like, yeah, <laughs> was it like horse cafeteria? Meat? It's like cafe- cafeteria, cafeteria, cafeteria style. Like you just kind of go up and 
pick your up, pick out your stuff, and then check out and sit and eat it. I don't, I don't know. It's not I very good. Been, I haven't been fine. in like. It's no Costco hot dog. Yeah, you know, I no. haven't been in at least like 15, 16 years. So I, I don't remember. It, but I remember liking it. I have friends who thought of going days. to Ikea as like a like a day out sort of thing. Like we'd go to Ikea and get lunch there. And the reason we would get lunch there is because we'd be at Ikea for like four hours. And that was awful. Um, oh, yeah. Because I don't. She goes for the day. I don't understand that. Like, I think, I don't mean, I'm not picking on Fiona, and I don't know if this is Fiona's reasoning. I think my friends just wanted to live in the model apartments so fucking bad that if they just spent the day around them and sitting in them, they could feel like they lived there. (laughs) My mom really loves to, like, oh, this is what you could do with a tiny space. Yes, exactly. Apartments. My exactly. mom lo- <laughs> loves those. And like, oh, if you lived in a, you know, 250 square foot apartment in New York City, you could make this work. And my mom loves that. And I love seeing it once. And I love seeing like tiny house videos and stuff. Like I love to see different unique living situations that are like pretty and cool and, and small or not even as small. But it's not a mu- like it's 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 not a museum, <laughs> right? It's a bunch of products arranged on a on a set. Like it doesn't change. <laughs> you go there one time, and it's not like it's like I know I've been there ten times, but I just need to see the Detolf again. Like <laughs> I get going to art museums over and over again to see the same things, but you don't oh, yeah. to go to IKEA I... for that. No, I agree. It's weird. Also. Does does your wife drive there, Sam? She drives. Yeah, okay, she drives okay, there. Okay, We're okay. about 40 minutes away. I wasn't sure then, if... By the way, she goes and measures things. So when the, the, her primary activity is to look at the furniture online and then go measure it in person, even though the measurements are on the online... I was just going to say, yeah. Let's be, let's be She honest. says that they're not accurate enough. There's nothing... Um, they're what, never more than millimeters. What well. she is doing is is wanting to go somewhere else other than your home for a day. <laughs> and that is No, because she does it. She did it before lockdown. She's been doing it the whole time we've been together for seven yes, years. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Sometimes you need to just go out and walk around a place. Yes. Sometimes you need to go out, buy furniture, and then uh, a year later sell it on Facebook for five pounds and buy new furniture for the same space. It's, it's why, why sometimes, sometimes I take, take the long route, route when I'm going, going to, like, like, the game store. It's because I want to, like, drive around a little more. <laughs> I want to <laughs> not be at home for a little bit longer. Oh, not yeah. because of anything, anything bad at home. Just I because I'm there a lot. Oh, yeah. It's, like, it's, like, well, it's kind of part of why I really like taking the uh, public transit everywhere is that it's just like, oh, I just get to sit for a while and I'm not in my apartment. Yeah. But exactly. I'm still sitting. Like, it's great. Why would I better do it than on IKEA furniture? Well, speaking of Sam and his wife, uh, we should probably get Sam talking here about his games before he has to uh, take care of a baby as his wife returns home. So, Sam, I I hear you've been playing a game you really like. Yeah, I played and finished a game that I uh, absolutely loved. Unheard of for you. Yes. Um, I feel like I'm pretty positive on most games. However, I think that this is this one 
especially this year. So, like, obviously, at the beginning of the year, I played Cold Steel 4 and uh, East 9, which I did really like. Um, but though I think I've not played a game that's grabbed me like this since maybe Hades. Uh, so I'm talking about uh, Square Enix's new release, Life is Strange, True Colors. Um, so um, there's a review of it that I wrote that's on the site right now um, where I... Fixed up space. Yeah, fixed up space. Um, where I kind of gush about it in uh, a spoil- completely spoiler-free way. Um, the actual the listing for the game on the PlayStation Store spoils more of the story than I do. Um, and it, it basically, it spoils the cliffhanger in chapter one of the five chapters of the game. Um, unlike previous Life is Strange's, it's, it is episodic still, but it's all released in one shot. So you can start to finish that game uh, without having to like wait around for new episodes to come out. Um, it's uh, they, They've made a couple of changes to the game uh, from previous Life is Strange's. So like, um, I assume everyone here has played at least some of one Life is Strange game. I think most people played the first one. Like that was really popular. Um, and the, the format of Life is Strange was very much like the format of kind of old school adventure games, um, but kind of translated to like a 3D environment. So you would be going from like scene to scene. And when you accomplish the objective in the scene, you leave it and you don't come back where um, Life is Strange True Colors is different is they give you this very, very small open town. And whenever you load in to, like, whenever you do some, whenever you play the game, you can go anywhere and you can talk to anyone. Um, So instead of being like, Max is in her dorm room and she can look at her photo albums and these notes and these things, and she can talk to Chloe on the phone, like you can leave your apartment and go and talk to Riley at the flower shop about her shitty boyfriend, or you can talk to uh, Eleanor and help her sort something out. Like there's like these 10 like pe- people who all live in the town and they're all really, really strong characters. Um, it kind of reminds me of forgotten city in that way in that there's this like very small area with this set cast of characters and they all have like really great strong personalities uh, and they're all quite like visually cool as well like the, the 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 graphics of the game and the 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 like visuals of the characters are really really awesome um i don't want to like monologue on this for too long is anyone uh, else interested in playing this hearing that it's open like that is definitely the thing i was hoping it would be so yeah i'm definitely interested in it with that in mind Oh, for sure. I'm definitely interested in playing it at some point. There's just, like, so many games. Is it but... on Game Pass? It... No, that no. was uh, yeah. the the, okay. the one in Alaska with the trans character that I yep. I knew that. Tell me why. Tell, tell me, tell why. me why. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I knew that one was. I wasn't sure if this was also. That was free over Pride as well last year and this year, which is nice. Yeah. Tell me yeah. why. Um, does but, it, does uh, this... this is a new developer. So this is, comes from Deck Nine. The Before the Storm people. Life is Strange Before the Storm. Ah, the um, union busting game. It features a character from Before the Storm as well. Um, it's very interesting because, like, there's basically like three main characters. Um, only one playable, obviously. <laughs> Get behind the monitor, Gus. Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> uh, a cat causing absolute havoc here. Where um, does this game take place? 
It takes like, place uh, in Colorado. Okay, okay. Um, so it's like this very small Colorado mountain town um, that uh, is kind of like an ex-mining town um, where like a load of like kind of horrible mining stuff happened a very long time ago, uh, but the mining company is still around, but they've switched to mining uranium instead of uh, like the traditional mining stuff like coal. Yes. Is this a big plot point in the game? Like you don't have to spoil anything, but is this like a like uranium is a major pivotal thing? No, no. Oh, um, okay. So the other thing that I haven't really mentioned is uh, in every Life is Strange game, like there's some sort of supernatural element. Um, and in True Colors, Alex can see people's emotions and feelings as like a, an, an aura of color. So she'll be like, okay, this person is scared. They have turned purple, basically, or they're sad. They've turned blue. Um, and she, if she gets close to somebody physically who is um, experiencing a really strong emotion, then um, she takes that emotion on. So, like, Alex grows up in the foster system due to events that are kind of explained later in the game. Um, so, like, she comes into a lot of people who are very, very angry or, or people that are extremely depressed. Um, and, uh, it really, really affects her life. And she sees her kind of ability as like a, a real curse. She doesn't see any like positives from it. Um, and a lot of the game is like learning to like trust and use her ability, uh, for her as a character, um, and kind of like, finding this home like she's never really had a home before you look through like she's got text messages on her phone you can look back through all the old messages for like years um and they're all about like oh hey can i crash at your place like foster dad is an asshole and all this sort of stuff um yeah like i i absolutely absolutely love the game i love the character alex like um i'm really really sad that uh uh, Life is Strange is an anthology series, and we probably won't see her again. Um, I think that can change depending on. I would really hope so. Um, yeah. I absolutely fell in love with that character. They I do kind think... of they end it in a way that they're like, if they didn't come back to this, you kind of know what's happening. You, you like every Life is Strange, you get final choices. Someday they're going to do the Bony Vare version of Avengers. Where all of these characters come together, Bony Avengers to 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 save to to heal someone's mental trauma who is set to I don't know do a terrorism or something. The, I'm sorry, the Bony Bear version of Avengers is just killing me right now. <laughs> the soundtrack is very good if you like that sort of music. But I do. The so please don't think this is me being too much. Uh, <laughs> but, that it's is, just so but, perfectly I descriptive. Bet, I bet they'll also do. They might do like a life is strange brotherhood and a life is strange revelations, so you can get more of exactly. your Alex slash. You send your you send you <laughs> send your you send one per you send the person who listens to Alt J to go heal <laughs> divides in uh, Sierra Nevada, and you send the Bon Iver people to go to the Pacific Northwest to i don't know clean up an oil spill or something they yeah. should they should set a life is strange at the gathering of the juggalos <gasps> <laughs> now <we're talking> yes. 
Uh, there is a festival Ooh. and a lark. Alice's True camera Colors. froze for me when you said that, and it made it look like when you suggested Gathering of the Juggalos, she was really pissed off at you. No, I think that's a great idea. I, I would love that. Oh. It's It'll still frozen funny. for me, but oh well. Oh. Uh, Same. It's fine. It's, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Okay. The soundtrack is actually. Yeah, I'm just still well, really way. pissed like, off. If you're interested in games with like strong folk indie rock soundtracks, uh, it's very good. Although there was like, one point where they played, uh, well, no, they played "Thank You" by Dido, which is the the singing from the Eminem song "Stan." Um, and uh, as it started, I was like, "Oh no, you're not doing that, are you?" And I was like chuckling to myself as I they think, played Dido for a very emotional moment. I think <laughs> if I and if they played Eminem in this game, I would probably just <laughs> quit and request refunds. If they, did, if they did a Detroit version of yeah. Life is Strange. <laughs> I mean, you could, but... Yeah. Oh, 100%. Uh, yeah, but yeah, like, the, the small town setting is incredible. It's so, like, it feels like the... I, I said this in the review, it feels like one of the most real places I've ever been in a video that's game. Great. Yeah. That's, that's um, fun. It, they do a good job of that in the in the at least the first Life is Strange. I haven't played the second one, um, and I've always wanted to go back and finish it. I just always fall off around episode three because Same. the linearity of the environments paired with characters that I don't really identify with. I see why other people did, and they're not bad characters by any means. But for me, it's yeah. like there's not enough there for me to really um, get invested in those characters. Yeah, and then totally. it's also like the puzzles are very linear and simple. That's so. that's what I was going to say is that for me, I always fell off because the puzzles were never engaging. <laughs> yeah. I was like, These puzzles feel just mechanical. It's like, I see exactly what I have to do, but the execution is going to take five it's minutes. Cl- eh. <laughs> it's clearly good. Like everything about the first life is strange, which is again, the only one I've played, but it's, it's all good. Same. And I get why people liked it, but it, none of it specifically grabbed me. So yeah. I have, I've always had a hard time getting through it, but this yeah, one just, the more open nature of the environment. I think just the town itself might be enough to keep me interested and invested. Do, do, does they true should. colors have a lot of puzzles or is it more about the interactions and like, you know, figuring stuff out and interacting with people rather than doing environmental puzzles? It's probably like, there's not really puzzles in terms of like, um, you have to work out how to use your power to get X to Y. Um, but there are things where like, uh, a lot of it's like dialogue based. So it's, it's more, um, it's more adventure gamey in kind of almost like the telltale sense where it's like, so say for, there's one section where you're trying to distract somebody to get a USB stick from them. And, because uh, the USB stick has information about the big conspiracy in the game on it. And um, you first off, you get the choice of whether to try and distract her with your male friend or your female friend, uh, which is very funny because the female friend's like, no, I'm, I'm sure she's gay. Let's, let's, we should try this out. Um, and then, um, so you like go and sit over and you like, you kind of read her with your emotion power. And then you're like, oh, okay, she's feeling this what in the environment can I draw her attention to, to increase that feeling so that she'll be distracted. Um, and then there's certain bits where like, there's one character who is having like, um, 
I don't want to spoil that bit, really, to be honest, because it's cold oh, when it's, you get to it. It's because fleet foxes have disappeared, and you gotta find them. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, you, you go and you go and meet somebody who's like really, really angry, um, and a lot of it is like when you when someone's feeling an emotion really strongly, you can go and see the world how they see it, mm. and then you can refer to things. You can like bring up stuff that you find by looking at their emotional world in a conversation with them. So it's almost all conversation based. And like, if you look at all the interactable things in a room and then talk to somebody, you, you know, you'll have an option, a new option for dialogue that might be the right thing to say, or you'll have multiple new options for dialogue that might be the right thing to say to calm that person down to, you know, like there's one, you speak to a girl who's like your friend, who's like really sad because of an event that happens early in the game. And uh, it's all about trying to cheer her up, basically, and trying to make her feel better. Um, so uh, there's like a, there's some really cool bits. Like there's a, during the LARP section of the game, they have turn-based combat um, as if it was a Final Fantasy, and like the the camera That's angle cute. turns so that they're sat they're stood on opposite sides of the screen and stuff, um, which is really really smart and funny. Um, yeah, it's just, it's an excellent, uh, I really, really loved it. Uh, like, the way that you were talking about, Alex, like how you didn't like the puzzle stuff, it may not hit with you because of that sort of thing. Like, it's not, uh, it's not explicitly like there is this, there is a solution and you can, you can do this solution. Um, like, you can make mistakes and like, you know, characters get angry at you and then they won't help you later in the game when you need help and things like that. A lot of it is more relationship building, but there is there is some more like some of the mechanicsy stuff is still there. Okay. So that's Life is Strange, True Colors out now. Uh, I, review once again up on fix.space. Pat. I was really hoping to play the remastered collection prior to this, um, but that got delayed till 2022. So I think I'm probably I'm not like itching to play this one so i'll probably just kind of wait and check out that remastered collection because it's like one of those like even if it doesn't grab me the fact that it's a ps5 game will be enough to pull me through because there's not enough stuff to play on ps5 yeah <laughs> so um if you buy the deluxe true colors you get the remaster collection with it cool oh. yeah so I, I, I will, if that deal is still going on i definitely want to play before the storm because i want to see where yeah. the, the Steph character comes from. Yeah. I feel I didn't feel very attached to her during the game. And I wonder if a lot of that is because they're hoping you have played the previous game so they don't do as much character work with her. I do genuinely want to play two at some point so. too. Because two is uh is is uh supposed to be really cool. What uh, yeah. I felt yeah. too like real strongly but Yeah before we transition because i know andre is the master of transitions what platform did you play it on uh i played on ps5 um it is uh one of the best looking stylistically games i've played on ps5 um there's uh i talk about this a little bit in the review but there's times where you can like sit down and reflect on what's going on so like the there's like a sofa in your apartment and uh, a, a seat on the roof and there's like a dock on the lake and you can sit on all of those and like have like a little moment to yourself where like a song will play and alex will do a little bit of narration about how she's feeling um 
And the narration usually lasts like 10, 20 seconds. Uh, it's pretty short. And then the, but I would sit there and like listen to the song and just look at how amazing the game looked for the whole song every single time. That's cool. So, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I have to go because my child is here to be taken care of. Hey, but it's been time. very good ch- chatting about Life is Strange to everyone. Yeah. yeah. And I yeah. Thank, thank you for joining. Thank you for joining. Letting us know. Say hi, baby Todd Howard. Yeah. Goodbye, everyone. Uh, and, uh, everyone should actually should give a shot to Life is Strange, especially if it comes to Plus or they give the first chapter away or something. Definitely yeah, for sure. Yeah, they Absolutely. usually put the first chapter out for free, like, like a little bit after it comes out. out but mm-hmm. All right. Cool. Well, bye, everyone. Bye. See you later. See you. Bye. Bye. I will not lie that uh, part of the... If Life is Strange came out for like 30 bucks, I probably would have bought it already, but I'm sure it's well worth 60 but seeing oh. that it was full-priced was like... what. Yeah, what? I was like, oh, there's a lot of stuff coming out. I don't That's know that the I thing. have the There's for, like so many video one. games right now. It was like... I, I did not know that it was a $60 game. It is, yeah. Kings of Leon licensed music is not cheap. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure. And again, you know, I don't... I'm not one to hem and haw about game prices. I'm sure that it's, it's well it worth... It's uh, atypical yeah. of the series. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and also just like, I don't know, there's like a million yeah. games. Yeah. Yes. I, I spent $100 on Deathloop. So so did I. I bought. Well, I bought. I spent a hundred dollars on one version of Deathloop. I, I bought two standard but. copies, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll come back to Deathloop maybe or we whatever. We're here. We'll talk about Deathloop now. Uh, yeah, go for it. I I almost had a great oh. transition. Oh okay. Well, oh, please. What's the transition. Well, it's not to Deathloop, so let's just go to Deathloop. No, you, you, uh, we can well, transi- transition to your thing. Uh, no, I was gonna say. No, what else is surprisingly a full priced like seventy dollar game here in Canada? Genshin Impact. WarioWare, get it together. <laughs> really? It's a full-price yeah. game there? Yeah, it, it's, it's 50 bucks here. Exactly. Um, I, fa- I saw that people were talking about how it's 50 in the States. I was like, that was a full-price game here. Jesus Christ. Oh. That well, is weird. Do we want to talk about Deathloop or WarioWare? Yeah, let's go, to De- let's go Deathloop. Let's go back to WarioWare. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, if there are... There, what? There are two versions. Now I'm looking at it. The download version. No, wait. What is this? Okay, whatever worry aware but that's we don't have to worry about um yeah uh death loop my most anticipated game of the year uh by far we've for a while yeah i've been stoked for it since it was announced and like because arcane does great work like personally my uh my appreciation goes back to dishonored that's where i got on the arcane train but they've been doing great stuff since before that uh and this is their time loop game on an island with where you can uh invade uh other people like got some asy- or asymmetric multiplayer is it asymmetric i i guess it yes, is it's, yeah, not, it's, it's not the, it's not the same it's just usually when i think yeah. asymmetric i think like three on one or whatever but yeah it's uh no yeah it's, you're, it's you're doing different stuff it's, if you're yeah, do, yeah if you're doing different things then uh so yeah the this game has been kicking around for a while and uh sony exclusive for now despite uh the bethesda acquisition of well or microsoft's acquisition of bethesda and so, sony for consoles including yes yeah. yes also yeah me buying two copies because my tv appeared to be broken and i went well the day before this game came out i was like i can't not play it <laughs> And I didn't want to have to move my PS5 and all that shit. 
So I bought two copies. And I don't regret my decision because I want to support Arcane for this kick-ass game they've made. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I I think people didn't respect Arcane enough coming into this game, which led to some of the... I don't want to say hyperbole, but it's very much like building on what they've been doing. Yeah, and there's there's not like really the immersive sim stuff. Yeah. Well, and it's it's so, an interesting one because I would not call this game an immersive sim in any way, really. I I would say it's just as much as uh like a dishonored or, you know. It's actually made me reframe Prey, those but... games too. Prey I think is much more of an immersive sim because it is more yeah. contiguous and sure, it's a uh, because you're, they're you're a single singular ish space and things like minor spoilers for prey but most of the enemies that you enc- i think like all of the enemies you encounter you know they're like tied to or not necessarily that's not even the right way to put it when you find a body of a crew member in prey it's a person who has like yeah, emails sure. on terminals and stuff that to me is an immersive sim um this game you're not like you're 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 not like scouring around for bits of junk to look at in this game really i mean you're looking at like papers and there's audio logs but it's much more like a bioshock kind of situation not so much like a deus ex where it's like i found this one thing in a drawer that's like an object a key that i'm going to go use on the other side of the map um yeah in the same way. It doesn't mean that it's like somehow uh, it's less good uh, than anything else. It's it's like this is like a roguelite roguelike situation almost. Like it's it's definitely like removed from that, but it's the closest like you know, like genre-wise like I think that's the easiest spot to put yeah, it in because it's, it's, it's sharing a lot shooter of, to yeah, me, I think. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Andre, it's, but it's sharing a lot of DNA with all that stuff, so. Sure. Yes, yes so that's Andre, for sure true. Question. Uh when you're talking about this kind of being ar- the the arcane game would you kind of see it as being like the arcane equivalent of like a skyrim in that like they finally found their strive they found their uh they built the game that it seems like they've been wanting to build for years and years and here it no, is no because they they because they made dishonored 2 they made dishonored 1 they made dishonored 2 they made it prey yeah, those like, are all great. they've been they've been like fucking yeah, knocking out bangers for a while and that's the thing is i don't think this game is some culmination of different things it's just one it's, more spin on the thing yeah, that and they've it's been doing like, for a long time. It's really tight. It's uh, yeah. like, you know, there, uh, I, there are parts where I'm like, oh, I wish this had been different. But like the way they designed the game is like totally fine. It's just it does. I expected this game to be more open, uh, yeah. like more of a, a single contiguous we, space like Prey was. But it's divided up into like four areas. We should say too, like the into. the premise of the, the the way this game works is after you get through all the tutorials and stuff, you are you have a goal to kill eight different targets in one day, and yes. they're spread across four discrete levels. There's and when you start the day, it's morning, and you pick which level you want to go to for the morning time slot, and then you pick which level you want to go to for afternoon or for noon, then afternoon, then evening. You have these four time slots, and you have to figure out how to kill eight people in four time slots. And so the thing that that I I don't want to say I'm disappointed in because I really like the game, but the thing that I was expecting was for it to be a little more like Hitman, where it was like, 
okay, I could snipe someone from across the island, basically. Like, if I got a high-powered sniper rifle and found a tower, I could maybe kill someone in a totally different area, and that's how I'll deal with it. Instead, it's much more like if Hitman only had the assassination stories, where the way you're going to kill two people in one map, because obviously you're going to have to kill two people on each map, because there's eight of them, is you go through a series of investigative steps to figure out when when and why two people and where two people are going to be together and then get the drop on them and kill them. And it's um, definitely makes it feel less like a sandbox. It doesn't feel like it doesn't feel open to me, both in terms of the map, like the the openness of prey isn't quite there. The maps themselves are pretty big and open. So that's yeah, it still has openness in terms of its spaces, but it doesn't really feel like it's designed for you to figure out ways to get these specific kills that are unique and interesting. But it also has a lot of other aspects to it than just killing those characters. Yeah, I really you're trying to basically you're trying to set up like the assassin story, but you're trying to gather all the information across all these maps. And that's where it's fun. Like, yeah, you're basically trying to set the clockwork into motion, but you're because it's a time loop. Uh, after, you know, at the end of the day, you restart at the beginning of the day and then you right. go through it again. Or if you die, you go back to the start of the day. And so you can, you keep, you know, whatever information you, uh, it's find. almost like outer wilds is like bored in the ship, which is kind of cool. <laughs> you're <laughs> sure. like journal screen. Yeah. 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 And so you're going through and you're like, okay, well I've got this. I found this like this passcode for a thing on another map, so now I can yep. go and go to this other map and use this passcode to get into this bunker and then find some clues to the story or like uh, another hint for how I can like make a make a target vulnerable because they're only vulnerable at certain times and like you know different and stuff it's like that. Interesting, like you know, we're talking about. I'm not going to spoil anything actually, but like minor little spoiler thing. But like, there's times when like in order to progress one of the leads for how to get two people together, you are like looking at a photograph and trying to determine where it was taken. (laughs) Exactly. You're trying to determine where Chad Kroger is on the map so he He, can sing them a song. Um, Got it. No, but like you're, you're, it's, it's like, one of those characters basically could be Chad Kroger. (laughs) Yes. You're, you're not like, you're not getting a like marker to just go here and look at something it's like okay i have to figure out where this picture was taken i know the yeah. map it was taken on and that kind of stuff is really interesting and i think they do a good job of even though that's cool and i think this is something i see through a little bit which was a minor letdown for me but i think they do a pretty good job of making you feel like you're really investigating rather than just following a series of breadcrumbs um and that's cool and what is one of the things that's really neat is so, like, there's this whole system of saving gear from day to day. And there's basically, like, Destiny exotics in this game that you can yep. find. And those are a much... Sometimes it's just that the people you're trying to kill have them. But sometimes it's much more, like, you actually have to kind of explore off the beaten path and find it. And that yep. is the stuff that I think really makes this game shine. Because... It, it it almost feels like it's saying, hey, there's breadcrumbs for you to follow if you're somebody who's new to this kind of genre of like 
stealth shooter kind of immersive sim i shouldn't be too harsh and say like it's absolutely not an immersive <laughs> sim but like the that 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 kind of like more complex open shooter here's these breadcrumbs to take you on the critical path but also for people like me who i have played a lot of these games it's one of my favorite genres i have interesting reasons to try to explore all the different parts of the map and actually find stuff and i certainly wish that there was a little more like oh you found a key that lets you into an apartment and it's basically just a good sight line kind of stuff that you get in some other games but it's not it i think what's there is interesting and the like arsenal stuff that you can find is very cool uh, and the way you build out your character is very cool from run to run and cool. run is even the, the, a weird way to put it because it's not like a roguelike in that you're dying all the time and yeah. starting over i i've never run out of you have like three lives basically or two three respawns um per map i've never died enough this game is not that hard from a un, unless you are in the multiplayer um it can be but generally it's not that hard i uh, most of my deaths have been stupid things like falling. i tried to jump i jump across a thing <laughs> yeah. and i like oh i didn't make it or yeah. whatever i think yeah. i've died to enemies like two or three times maybe in eight hours and all of those times i've gotten right back up then mowed them all down and picked up my stuff because it's it's not that hard to fight the enemies yeah uh and one thing that is cool is because it's got like that immersive sim dna in it there are like a bunch of ways to tackle each like map and like section of the map yep. like if you want to go stealthy or if you just want to go loud or you know do all this different stuff because you're going back to these places to like try and do different things or find new information or you get a new hint that takes you back there there's actually like more of a reason to like and an excuse to see everything and explore yeah. everything whereas like if you play through a dishonored level you might not necessarily be thinking like oh i'm gonna play again well, and like do a chaos like a high chaos route yeah so then uh, you don't see, like, everything the map has to offer, but this incentivizes you to see more, like, everything that the game has to offer. I think Dishonored is, like, the good ending is the low chaos ending. There's not really any yeah. arguing about that. And yeah. so when I played Dishonored, I was very much like, I'm doing low chaos, and I'm save scumming when I fuck up and yep. Yep. alert <laughs> yep. people. And it's fine because the shooting in dishonored is not what you're there for like getting no. into the combat is not what you're the, playing dishonored for but it is kind of like well i played it once and i don't really want to go back through it because i don't really want to get the bad ending anyway uh, yeah. and i already got the good ending this game is neat because there is no like chaos concept instead yeah. it's actually like you it, know, you're literally told by the game stab all these motherfuckers yes it's it's all the <laughs> stab time everyone you kill like everyone. kill these people one because they're all awful there is no yeah. like there is no like well it's yeah okay. this guard works for the fascists but you know he, he 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 he's doing his job and like he's just following orders there is none of that all these people are here by no, choice there's and no are we the bad no they're all bad guys uh and um so you don't feel bad about killing them at all uh, in fact, there is not a non-lethal option in this game. No, no. <laughs> there is no way to play through it non-lethally. <laughs> and I think when you realize, not that you can't play it with stealth and be really careful, yeah. but I started to have more fun with it when I realized, like, no, this run, I'm just going to open up. Who fucking cares? I'm blowing these yeah. people away. I'm, I'll I'm get all my gonna... weapons back. I'll get all my yes. ammo back. Uh, and and that is unique for an arcane game, I think, and is is... Yeah fun because it's very antithetical to both dishonored's 
um, desire for you to play stealth, which is cool. Mm-hmm. I don't have a. I don't think yeah. there's anything wrong with that in those games. Uh, and praise, prey is very much like, a game that wants you to feel like every encounter is a challenge and is like, like resource scarcity. Yes, it's almost more of a survival horror game. Yeah, uh, it's certainly an immersive sim, but it's also a survival horror game in a sense. Whereas Deathloop is a shooter. Um, yeah, with stealth. And stealth is always a viable way to play it, but it is a first-person shooter kind of first and foremost, which is cool. I think that's it's, yeah. it's a nice and, change of pace. And on that topic of it being a first-person shooter is on the PS5 and on PC too. If you have a Dual Sense, this like the Dual Sense haptics and stuff feels great. It feels awesome to be. That's cool. Like, I gotta plug I'm... my Dual Sense in and play it some. That's cool. The the only thing that doesn't work on PC is the radio calls don't come out of the controller speaker. Sure. But all the haptics, all that stuff works uh, exactly how it's supposed to. Like, the guns feel good on the controller. I Like, my hands don't get tired. Like, I've heard people make that complaint about, like, some first-person shooters. Uh, but that's more like competitive ones. Call of Duty, for example. Uh, people complain. I've heard people complain about that. Uh, like, this is, like, Ratchet and Clank, I was like, whatever. It's kind of fine. But because the shooting is so... At least the way I'm playing. Like, I'm not shooting constantly, but I'll get into gunfights. And so then when I've got, like, the, the the controller shaking and, like, there's tension on the triggers, it feels really cool and engaging at that point. And then the, I can take a break from it, and it's not so other, difficult. The other thing that helps that stuff is there is no saves coming in this game. Like, you you don't... And you don't need it. Um, and so when you do get into a, like, oh, crap, I've alerted this whole group of people... Your options are to like run away and hide, which is viable, or just try to Kill shoot it all. out. <laughs> and it's fun that it pushes you out of like I had one instance where I was in an area that was like extremely hot. There was one of the um visionaries, the like peop the targets you're supposed to kill. I was trying to get intel on him. Um and I just alerted people by doing something stupid. Yep. And I'm like hiding in the rafters of this building and there's like 10 people all on a balcony like looking in my general direction and if I try to move in any way they're going to see me there's not a good escape route so I just was like fuck it and I threw a grenade at him and it killed like all of them <laughs> in one grenade and it <laughs> ruled <laughs> and in a dishonored yeah. game I would have just reloaded I wouldn't yeah. have have gone down that route. Instead, I killed all of them with a grenade and then just sprinted to the exit while another 30 guys chased after me and it, it was awesome. Um and so you still get those emergent moments even though the critical path is not really a sandbox. You still get yeah. those kind of emergent gameplay moments when you screw up and there's stuff happening. And there's also cool moments like and this is what I was they do the they do the thing I was hoping for with the hoping it was one big contiguous space where I could pull a lever on one side of the map and make a generator explode on the other side of the map. They managed that through the time of day stuff pretty well. So like, I won't spoil the specifics, but in a run I was playing the other night, I was like, I, I just wandered into a building and then I was like, wait a fucking minute. This is tied to this thing that happens in the evening on this map. And I wouldn't have necessarily found it unless I happened to walk in and realize yep. what I was looking at. And I don't know how it's going to affect the evening for me to do it, but I can somehow. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's cool. That stuff is yeah. very cool. There's lots of stuff like that, which is 
nice and like how you know you've got to make it so all these people you know their paths cross so they'll be in at least adjacent places so you can kill them all uh, before the day is over and everything resets because you know how the game is you know everything like in a loop if you don't do like anything to manipulate their placement like there's no way to do it so the whole thing is manipulating people yeah. into positions. And the manipulations, them, so. to me, uh, feel a little, like, linear. But uh, but yeah. it's... Uh, they're it's, very Hitman, like, story mission-esque yes, or whatever. But there's it's, enough, yeah. I think, of those little, like, if you do this random thing, it will make it easier for you to gather the intel you need. Yeah. That is yeah. cool. That that I think is makes it really fun. Um, and the, the and locations are very stuff different. You can stumble on, like you can yeah. just be like, "Oh, I walked in this thing." You don't have to find it like in order. You can just be like, "Oh, I right. found this thing," and now I get like a hint, like, "Oh, like, okay, now I'm like, a, working backwards." There's like an area where to enter it, you have to like it make things harder on yourself. We'll put it that way. But you can find ways to get around that that yep. that measure, and they're not all the same thing. Some of them are like figuring out how to get in a side entrance. Some of them are finding a code to something. Some of them are just like outright learning how to disable the system, um, and that 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 is very neat the way that that all fits together. We also should t- touch briefly on the multiplayer too, which is yeah cool. So a cool yeah, the multiplayer is so the the way this game has been built the entire time since it was first announced is there. Uh, you're playing as Colt, uh, the main, you know, the main character guy, and then there's a woman, Juliana, who is uh, chasing you down and attempting to kill you uh, and stop you from like breaking the loop and killing all the other visionaries on the island, of which she is one. And so, what you can do is kind of Dark Souls esque. You can invade another person's world. And uh, as Juliana, you can go in. It's a separate menu item. You say, oh, I want to protect the loop. You go in. You got She's got her own loadout, her own abilities. And you hop into someone's world. And once or, uh, yeah, so once you're there or once Juliana is in your world, it closes all the exits. So you cannot leave. Yep. Until you either hack, like, the, the antenna that's jamming your, pa- your like, escape routes or you kill Juliana, and then you yeah, hack the Yeah, antenna. you have to hack them. It's yeah, just you whether you kill her or not first. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's a little janky. Like, Juliana yes. can... Uh, she can mimic, like, the, the appearance and, like, replace her appearance with someone else's and make someone else look like her and walk around as just, like, a regular NPC and try to be, like, stealthy. But they're always, like, jumping up on, like, buildings and, like, oh, looking yeah, yeah. very... If, if at least so far, like people haven't gotten like into a meta of it or something. Well, yes. I think I think it's I think when you play Juliana, you can either play it like you're playing Call of Duty, or you can do what I do, which is I try to role play it because it's more fun for me. So I yeah. absolutely use the mimic ability. You can holster your weapons, which I didn't know about for a while. Oh yeah, and so you can make yourself really look like an NPC if you want. Yeah. And so I usually try to figure out where the Colt, I always say Colt, Colt is, um, and then mimic, and then I'm like just sort of stealthily following them around as an NPC to see what they're doing. And you can also alert the 
your yeah. like NPC enemies to where Colt is and make them attack him. And it's very fun when you do that and you run in as a NPC enemy off to the side kind of. So you're not going to be the first one they shoot. And I love to then just get right up on them and blast them with a shotgun. <laughs> and then they turn to shoot at me and they're like, oh, fuck, this is actually the Juliana. <laughs> it's very fun. Yeah. It's, that I, I think the multiplayer is extremely appealing because it's also playing as Juliana is a, you know, when you're playing as Colt, you're finding loot i'm gonna say loot it's not a loot game yeah, really you're, you're but find, you're, finding, you're finding like guns and guns stuff, you're finding and mods you're trinkets, finding character yeah. mods weapon trinkets the ability stuff and then you're using this currency that you can collect by kind of absorbing objects that you find that are weird yeah. looking um and then you spend that currency to save stuff for later runs or later days i should say i keep saying run i don't think this game is super roguelike so um but for later days with Juliana, you're leveling up based on your your like performance in matches, and then you're unlocking all that same kind of stuff for her. But it leads to this interesting thing where like if you're high level Juliana and you're taking really cool stuff into a match, the other player can take that stuff if they kill you and then infuse it so they have it for later games, which yep. is just it's a very cool like weird economy sort of thing going on with the way that the weapon unlocks work across the different characters and i think it leads to a really interesting it's like that's why it incentivizes you to play with multiplayer on i think because you can turn it off and then you'll get npc invades from juliana's occasionally but they never have the cool stuff that players bring into matches um and I think that that's really fun and cool. And it means that I get, like, excited when a Juliana invades. I don't get frustrated by it. Yeah. Like, um, oh, is there going to be – are they going to have a good weapon? Uh, yeah. I've had or a slab a f- I don't have or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had a few – and, like, the slabs are basically dishonored powers. They, uh, yeah, they fully are. Uh, um, I've had a few interesting invasions. Like, because normally you'll get, like, a thing like, oh, you're being hunted by Juliana or whatever it says – but I had one where either I missed it or it just didn't tell me. And like, I was like trying to make my way up into this, uh, like zone I hadn't been in. And I opened a door and then just around the corner comes Juliana and starts shooting at me with a shotgun. I'm like, Oh Jesus, I got to get out of here. And then we get into this whole cat and mouse. And then like I hack a turret and then she like came up. She didn't realize I'd hacked the turret, I guess. And then that helped me kill her. I was like, yes, that felt so good. Yeah. And they make it so that it's frankly, harder to win as juliana than it is as colt because colt has multiple lives juliana only has one life yes juliana can control the npcs but they're pretty easy to kill so like it is harder to win as juliana but that's okay because even if you don't i believe you still get some experience even if you don't kill oh yeah there's towards leveling so you can keep progressing as juliana and it means that then as Colt, it's not like hyper frustrating yeah. to feel and yeah. it doesn't feel weighted against you. Um yeah. if anything, it feels weighted towards you. So it's it's a cool system. I, I like and, it. I like weird yeah. multiplayer stuff, and this fits that mold really well. And you can always turn it off, like I said. Yes. As Colt yes. if you yeah. want. Yeah. So uh that's Death Loop. Oh, and, and also oh, yeah. the characters are really good. The yes. character performances are fantastic. The writing is like on the edge where if the performances weren't on point it would come off as annoying and shitty but like um, movie? because the performances are so good 
it's, it's it sells like it pretty it's like pretty pulpy i think yes oh yeah uh, it's like it's like it's got that aesthetic kind of from the uh, colton you know. juliana's interactions are really good but yeah. and then the kind of visionaries in the world will be they're all like lunatics and yeah they'll it's larger just, than again in larger than life in ways that it's like i told the waiter fuck you and then i shot him in the fucking head that stupid motherfucker and it's the sort of stuff <laughs> that, like, like chill out okay but at yes, the same time but yeah. because the performances really work i think mm. it's good it's the kind of writing that if like rockstar did this writing <laughs> and did rockstar it's... style performance capture mm-hmm. of it i would be like okay <laughs> you really <laughs> went for something but they managed yeah. to like direct the performances in such a way that it feels very self-aware of how over the top a lot of it is without making the whole game a joke which is cool there was there's this great room where like it it requires like a three-word passcode and if uh you don't have it uh colt will just stand there and you can like keep trying to guess words and just listening to him like try to throw out random words that he think could be a password is really funny because he'll and, be like trying to say things and be like, what What the fuck even is that? Why did I say that? And they do do a good job of making Colt and Juliana much more like competent <laughs> than all of the other visionaries. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like you're playing someone you hate. Instead, mm-hmm. you come yeah. to really like Colt and Juliana, frankly. Oh, well, that's good. Um, yeah. And they have a complex relationship that is yes. more than just like, Oh, we dated once and now we're trying to kill each other. It's the 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 narrative going on um is very interesting and there's like Colt's place in it and stuff is very interesting. So um yeah, that stuff works, I think, really well. Definitely. Uh Deathloop works really well. Mm-hmm. It's um, good. And then also things that work really well. Wario at his game company. In WarioWare, get it together. I, I mean, the, he the doesn't whole work plot, very well, though. The, the whole plot of the game is that they get uh, sucked into the video game and have to defeat the game bugs. Uh, so, hey, hey, that sounds uh, have, like good work. They're they're wait, they're getting the bugs. Have, this is QA. Are you saying QA doesn't work hard? Wait, Allison, how far into the game have you gotten in terms of quote unquote story? Uh, I'm not that far, honestly. I I haven't finished it okay. yet. So they're still find, in the game. There's there's some stuff you find out about Wario's role in all of this. Oh, God. oh you know I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, I, I've I've collected all the characters and I'm so I'm pretty far, but I I'm not done yet uh, because there's just too many video games and I had a busy week. But anyways, uh, WarioWare Get It Together uh, is the new WarioWare installment on Switch. Uh, I've been a fan of this series for quite a while, um, and it's it's fun to have it back if this is yeah no it's 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 really nice that they're continuing the series because um WarioWare Gold on 3DS which was released after the Switch came out so I'm like one of the five people that played it kind of <laughs> felt like the like culmination of WarioWare I guess and then they're like well we'll still make this still make them so I'm like okay that's good um but yeah, so the I think the I think the biggest conceit of this one, uh, so other than you know, uh, so it, it's it's basically a lot of the same as as normal WarioWare, where you're playing all these various um, tiny micro games in a in a row, and and basically the whole process is figuring out how they work. 
Uh, I think the, the, the thing that makes this one different is that you play as all the different characters in the m- micro games, uh, which um, so basically you can bring all of the different characters into all the m- micro games and they all operate in a slightly different way. Like some people are um, uh, not moving, but they can throw stuff from from your area. There's characters that are constantly jumping. There's characters that uh, there's the alien who is able to uh, tractor beam stuff up into the spaceship. So there's just a lot. But uh, I think that's I, I like it a lot more than I thought I would. Because I was like, I don't know, this is going to be different than normal WarioWare, but it adds a lot of variety to the existing micro games. Because uh, in addition to having different games, each um, one you have to figure out how to make that character work in all of the games, which is which is fun. So it adds more to the kind of just uh, learning process of how. Okay, I have five seconds to do this. What do I need to do to win this level? So yeah. I, I think that's been that that adds a a nice uh, a little spice to it. Basically, um, I don't know if I like it quite as much as something like WarioWare Gold, which is pretty much uh, ah, man, it's the gold standard uh, for WarioWare. I feel like um, I know. I, I thought <laughs> it. I was like, oh god, damn it, no. Uh, and it, I think it's just a really, really fun collection of, of stuff, too. Uh, there's there's just, like, a whole bunch of content. So if if you still have a uh, 3DS lying around, I'd recommend picking that up over Get It Together. But if yeah. you're um, one of the many people who isn't really actively using your 3DS and, like, understandable, um, Get It Together is still a really fun time, uh, especially... Uh, if you are a fan of the WarioWare series. So this is, this is, it's, it, I'm, I'm just like, I, I love the series. So I'm very excited whenever to play that, to play that game. So, yeah. Like we, t- we talked about WarioWare last week. So I got most of my feelings out on it there, but now I've finished it. But, well, yeah. you know, I've gone through the progression. I've unlocked everything you can basically. Okay. Like there's still, there's yeah, probably I'm many not, games I'm I haven't still, seen. Yeah. I've unlocked all, I'm basically <laughs> at the point where I've unlocked all the characters and the story. Um, but oh, like which, how many of the quote unquote worlds have you been through? Ooh, I don't you, you, know. Not, not, I, I not mean, like the individual levels, but like the map boards basically. Um, you know, I honestly don't remember. Yeah. Cause it seems like it not, ends at two. But there's yeah. more. Okay. Um, so like, cool. so there's, but there's a lot it, more than I thought yeah, there would be. If it the upside ended down at castle. two, yeah, exactly. If it ended at two, I would have said it's pretty bad. Like it would have been way too slight. Um, yeah. I think I think at three that I'm like I think it ends at three, and then I, that maybe there's a way to unlock more. I'm not sure. Um, it's still slight, um, but it seems like it's kind of made to be replayed a lot, and especially with two yeah. player. Um, which it seems like that's kind of the focus that they're going for. And yeah, I don't think that's great. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I haven't had a chance to play it multiplayer and I same. appreciate the interest in trying something like a multiplayer, which sounds really like backhanded compliment. Like I appreciate that that is something that they're attempting, but I yeah. don't know how multiplayer and WarioWare necessarily work together those yeah yeah you know and, and it's very 
you know, for cook for like multiplayer kind of games like this, I would probably recommend uh, one of the uh, Heaven. Kukiyomi sequels. Oh. Oh uh, yeah, Kukiyomi uh, too. Oh, I, I mean specifically for um, mul- like multiplayer because I haven't played it multiplayer, but there it feels like they've completely like there's two, there's separate modes for uh, multiplayer and single player, and they've really con- they've really considered it, which is the name of the game. Uh, yeah, totally. In there, uh, it made it work. Um, also, those games are really cheap. So, like, if you want kind of a WarioWare experience, hey, you could either play, you know, pay fifty dollars or in the U.S. or seventy in Canada. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> um, uh, to play that, or you could pay. Uh, it looks like Kukiyomi Three is um, on sale for uh, three seventy five right now. So it's like, yeah, that's. Ooh, it's it's a lot cheaper. <laughs> so I, I would I would say WarioWare is good, but it's not seventy dollars good. <laughs> no, you know um, I I was kind of I was kind of not sure even about the fifty. Uh, I like the series a lot, so it's kind of one of those things where I'm like, oh, yeah, same. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy this, but same. at the same time, I feel like it makes me kind of just go, man, I, I wish. I wish I could play gold on my switch, you know? (laughs) So it's kind of like that, which is not exactly great, but it's, it's kind of more of the same for WarioWare in a lot of ways. And the ways that it's innovating are kind of a mixed bag. I feel like, cause I do like how the different characters make it so that you have to really keep learning the specific games. Yeah, but also there were specific characters I just never used because I thought their mechanics suck. <laughs> oh, some of them do. Some yeah. of them feel like terrible to play. I yeah. just I tend to I tend to do auto characters so that it kind of forces me to do different ones. But there are certain mecha- mm. certain characters with the mechanics where I'm like, oh, I don't I don't want to play this that character. Yeah, like I I never want to play. Is it eighteen volt? Is it is that the dude what sits sits still and throws the rings out and goes yeah, to them? Like yeah. I never I never play him by choice. <laughs> Oh, or yeah, no. or or any of like t- the twin characters where they can only shoot to the right or only shoot to the or left only depending to the left. Yeah. It, yeah if cuz they're meant for one player one and player two yeah, to yeah. cooperate yeah. and it's like yeah I don't yeah. like Jimmy T who's the disco dude who you have to kind of shoot in different areas yeah. he's, he, he's yeah where he stands still and then he's just basically a it's like a twin stick shooter but you only have one stick so you can't actually move it's just the shooting no, I mean he like he can move, but you have to like kind of oh shoot him in the area, right? Like, you know, right, right, right. Yeah, sorry. And I don't love that. No, I was thinking of I was still thinking of eighteen volt. Uh, yeah, you're right. But I don't know. It's fine. It's it's good, but I would say get it on sale. Oh, I would agree, and, and I say this as a fan of the series, and as somebody who's like, like when I'm playing this one, I'm like, man, I like WarioWare, but I. You know, that's if you like WarioWare less than me, then you'd probably be like, yeah, better get it on sale. And I feel like if you get it on a pretty good sale, it would be totally worth it. But totally for full price, it's kind of a lot. Well, now that we've got it all together, we've got our party here assembled. They can tell us a tale of Arise. Arise. <laughs> Uh, Arise, Tales of Arise Kujikawa. Oh, yes. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I would play that. 
I so take it away, Pat or it's, Allison. It's funny. I, Allison, I think, has played more, so you can probably speak to more of the mechanics of the game. But it's funny because I bought Tales of Arise because I was really depressed last week oh. and very much in a mood of like, I want something bright and colorful. Like I started playing Shadowbringers, <laughs> and Shadowbringers oh. is very good, but it's also very heavy. And, yes, it is. <laughs> uh, and and like I hit a point in Shadowbringers. It's, this is not really a spoiler for Shadowbringers, but it's like I decided to go after one of the characters first who oh, no. is dealing did with... You, did you do Alice? No, I did. Oh, okay. Know, and which, I mean, <laughs> that makes me... Real excited for Alize's story, but Alphino's story is about like basically there's a climate crisis happening. It's more complicated than that. It's there's magic involved, but like the 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 the, the this basically the world is ending, and like a bunch of rich people hide in a city of like excess and pleasure, while the poor people around them all starve to death, and and like clamor to try to get access to the city to basically be a slave. Because at least then they'll live in the city. And I was like, yep. this is really fucked. And I don't, I'm <laughs> kind of feeling depressed this week in general. And I don't really want to do this right now. And Tales of Arise looks beautiful and pretty. And it is beautiful and pretty, but it also but starts also, out and it's like, dog, yeah. you're a slave who has a mask he can't fucking take off and doesn't have any memory. And there's like, fascist people that are enslaving your people and it is explicitly racist people too because it is like a different race of of like humanoid beings they look kind of the same but it's like an elves versus humans kind of thing sort of and they're enslaving your people to force you to mine in order to like suck your life force out through a crystal they surgically implant in your hand at birth it's like (laughs) yep and all these people like, are basically fuck. working until they die, and they have yes. zero pleasure, zero fun. They just like work until die. It is, yeah. It's and good though. It's like a beautiful <laughs> yeah. game too, and also, but it starts off in like this like kind of deserty climate, and it is like <laughs> dour fire. and dire. Desert, and, desert would be one way to describe it. Also, fire is another way to describe <laughs> it. The fire yeah. climate. So you started saying that, and I was like, "Oh no, Pat, I'm sorry." <laughs> it's okay. It's still it's really good, and it's it's, it's not as uh, it's a little more hopeful than where I'm at in Shadowbringers right now. So even though it's it's yeah. still it's about like resistance, and you're gonna you know fight the oppressors and stuff. So yep, you're take, but, yeah, yeah. The your goal is to take down the oppressors right now. So it's it's yeah, it's it's definitely a lot more hopeful, and it gets there. But man, uh. At the start of the game, the protagonist, uh, who I don't know if you've gotten to his name yet, but uh, Iron Mask. He's still Iron Mask. He's Iron Mask. Yeah. He's like in such a, he's in such a bleak position at the start of of the game. It's It's like, holy shit. Actually, like it very much reminded me of Berserk. Um, You're like... He's like, because like ninety percent of Japanese uh, media is just berserk. But again, <laughs> yeah, <sure. laughs> yeah. But man, it's uh, so Tales of Arise is the new Tales game in that series, and it's the first one since Berseria. So it's been, I think, six years, five Probably, years, yeah. five years or six years from the last Tales game, and they kind of have been approaching this as like a big. Uh, not necessarily reboot, but kind of like reinvigorating the Tales series. Yeah, and as far as I know, it's not, if you're looking at this game, it's not like narratively tied to any of the other Tales games. No, they really aren't. Um, They are generally all separate, except for the incredibly shitty Tales of Symphonia sequel, uh, which (laughs) is hot garbage. 
There's um, like some Zestria to Berseria or something. I kind thought of I saw. lightly though. It's like yeah. it's very it's very much their their own game. Uh, but Arise is basically supposed to be um, is kind of a soft reboot, sort of. I don't yeah. know, but it is a big step forward, especially visually. And I think even gameplay wise, it, it it's a lot of similar gameplay to existing Tales games, but it feels really um, optimized, which is really good. And Bizarre yeah. uh, looks fine, but it, it it is very not very. It is a PS4 game that is not very visually um, impressive for a PS4 yeah. game. And whereas Arise is just gorgeous, so yeah. it's it feels like a really big shift. Yeah, I've been watching my friend stream it, and mm -hmm. she got to a later game stage, like probably 15 to 20 hours in. I'm not sure exactly. Um, yeah, I think pro that's probably farther than, than me. I'm in yeah. the uh, cold ice city okay. right now. It, it's after that. Um, yeah. And she's, she's gone to this new area, and she's playing it on PS5, and it was slowing down her PS5 with how much oh, stuff no. it was doing. Yeah, so like it's going, it's it's stretching, it's trying some, it's like it's you know it's punching over its weight in some ways, which I think is kind yeah. of good. Which I I think it's kind of cool for it, like a, a JRPG to do that. I the, yeah, I played, especially for a JRPG or for a Tales game. Yeah, yeah. I, I played the demo, uh, which is not super dark and depressing like you were talking about earlier. It it takes place later in the game. Uh, I like think it. When, I guess yeah, you've got the full yeah. story goes together, on together, because it also does take a while for the characters to come together too. Yeah. In, yeah. in the beginning uh, is very um, slow. Actually, yeah. this might be a good t point for me to interject. Sam in the chat wanted. Uh, he's played about six hours, and he had some notes. Uh, not not in our group chat. He was in the. Uh, at gaming fix streaming on twitch uh hey. so he says my take as i'm uh almost six hours in and i think it's pretty boring i wish the opening few hours were longer and plot focused i don't know what he means by longer but or i guess he wants the opening section to be more flushed out whatever mm -hmm. uh plot focused they let you loose on fetch quests fighting the same enemies over and over way too soon wasn't he like hyping up what was uh that was Xeno Xenoblade Xenoblade Gears was Xenoblade earlier this Chronicles? year or last year whenever I don't know kind of by comparison I think I've part of why I've liked Arise so far I think is like it's certainly kind of slow in the beginning but it's also focused like it's very yeah. much like you're moving forward and my problem with Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is it was like this is like an MMO city with an endless amount of people to click on, and the combat is so incredibly boring. And I'm like That's talking to someone for me, I and they're like, like, "Go fight a monkey by this by this right. lake." And I go, I I spend ten minutes going to the person, talking to them, then running to the lake, and then the combat sucks. And then I walk all the way back, and it was like, "You got to be fucking." Kidding. That's the thing yeah. for me with Xenoblade, where I really want to like those games a lot. Yeah, um, and yeah, I, I think the one I like most is chronicles x which is um stuck in wii U jail Rip. uh but For now. <laughs> we'll see um <laughs> I, I would actually really love it if they managed to put it on switch because i'd assume that they would um fix the uh text size being so impossible oh. to read yeah which is the reason i stopped playing it because i was like i cannot read this and my eyesight's not even that bad um but uh, i think the thing with arise that is different for me is that the gameplay is really 
engaging. And so even if it's the same enemies, I feel like I'm still constantly learning different ways to um, different combos and different, you know, ways to improve myself as a uh, play as through the gameplay. So I don't necessarily mind it. Yeah. And and certainly not to um, say Sam is wrong to to to. But find Sam it. is wrong. No, no, no. no. <laughs> well, no. I think I think Sam also like I was obviously, and I have it on the list to to quickly hit here too. I was obviously enamored with Genshin Impact last year, and I remember Sam was not hot on it at all. And I think while the combat between the two Tales of Arise and Genshin Impact are very different, like mechanically, they're um, the 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 muscle the motions are similar like the inputs mm. you're pressing are similar and so i wonder if there's also just some disc like i think i just prefer the style of action rpg that tales of arise is to most jrpgs um and i really like the thing i was surprised at and you kind of touched on it, andre with the picking up the arts thing there's like so many different subtly different character abilities and they may, when you're watching someone play, look kind of like you're button mashing, but like you're setting like, I think you can ultimately set like six ground abilities and six aerial abilities. And the yeah. whole point of the combat is to get the combo counter up. So you're trying yeah. to find ways to string three hit combos with abilities and then you need to then bounce them into the air to continue the combo because if, as long as you you jump up into the air and take them into the air, then the combo counter doesn't yeah, and reset. Then I think, it's really and, interesting. And then the default in like in the air ability is to kind of smash them back down too, so you can kind right. of like you Keep can get some really going. fun movement going with the yeah. with the combat, which makes it I really mean, fun to yeah. juggle enemies and. In the demo, I play as Law. Uh, I don't know if y'all have met Law, no, uh, who I is a like a uh, martial arts like melee. Yeah, there's like character. six characters total. Yeah, yeah. and they're they they're, they are really um, getting them slow and, in, yeah. into and, you get your yeah. party pretty slow, which is and pretty normal, I think, for Tales. It but. it was uh, so you can't switch between characters uh, in the demo. Like you can change who your like overworld character is, but like in combat, you can only play as the one in the gotcha. demo. But mm. you can like you can choose and you can replay and play as a different character if you want to like try them all out. Um, but it sort of reminded me of Final Fantasy VII Remake in that way where yes, you can like every character you can, you're like yeah. actually playing as them in this like 3d space and they're all playing very differently. Law played a lot like Tifa, who was like the most fun to play as for me in Final Fantasy VII I think Remake. It's, it's, uh, so it's, cool. un, I don't think that they lifted anything from Final Fantasy VII no, Remake no. because obviously it's this game is probably. Oh yeah. And, and they've been doing before. stuff like this since like Symphonia. But, but certainly um, I think there's shared DNA. Right. Yes. The term again between FF7 Remake yeah, and I, I, Tales yeah. of Arise. I think absolutely. it would be, I think it would be easy to say that, Final Fantasy VII Remake probably got some inspiration from like the Tales yeah. games for how they handled combat in the remake. And it's just, you know, and it's also very, it's a very good version of like JRPG combat, like an another evolution key thing, of that stuff. Another key thing about Tales of Arise that I think is like, <laughs> it sounds silly, but it, it matters to me is you get cool weapons and costumes. And then when you put them on, it reflects on the character and it's like, something that you notice while you're in combat because you're, it's so like action oriented. Um, yeah. 
which is fun for me, I think. That's a weirdly a huge, important hook for me in JRPGs when, like, in it really, like, it's fine in Final Fantasy, the the way that they handle character appearance. They're very, like, iconic, and yeah. they look a certain way. But I really like to see weapon choices and stuff reflected on the character and then feel the impact of that while playing, um, which I think... They did weapon stuff, well. but there, there wasn't, mm-hmm. like... Yeah, yeah, uh, they did, yeah. There wasn't, like, armor, like, oh, I got a new... Which is fine for Final Fantasy. They at least had the weapon stuff. But I have played JRPGs where it's, like, it doesn't really matter what you equip on the character. They always look the same, and that does actually pull me out of it in a weird way, even though it seems minor. Uh, It's like your Destiny single exotic armor piece thing. (laughs) Uh (laughs) uh, Honestly, I think Symphonia was maybe one of the first games where I noticed that because... uh, all the weapons looked different, and, and yeah. there, there, was, there were some certain points where that kind of blew my thirteen-year-old mind. When yeah, it came Final out. Fantasy VII did that originally too, and it definitely was just a like, big part of why I liked that game. White so swords look different now. <laughs> it's like um, there. So I was going to touch on this earlier, then we got sidetracked. Is uh, <laughs> normally I'm not like a fan of like 3D anime art. I think it looks like kind of weird, like. Uh, yeah, it's just, you know, uh, anime should be 2D. Uh, I'm putting my foot down. But I, I think Tales, Tales <laughs> of Arise uh, does a good job of, like, making it work. I think the overworld looks, like, really good. And then the characters don't look, like, out of, like, they don't make me uncomfortable <laughs> with, like, their art. Yeah. Uh, they, I think they fit into the world really well and, like, mesh. And it's just, like, really high-quality uh really high quality characters. Yeah. Uh, I don't like not usually like I've been, I was watching someone play tales of symphonia and I was like, I do not care for these character models. And that's like, they're kind of like well, chibi kind of things. Like it's, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, but, you could say that the same thing. Is yeah. Of, like, I mean, honestly, uh, like part of like, a lot of my love for that game might be nostalgic. So yeah. Yeah. Sure. Like uh, t- trails. You know, I've heard it's good, but like tra- compared trails. to like Scarlet Nexus, I don't like the way the Scarlet Nexus characters look personally. Oh, okay. But so, I, I think like I think uh, Tales of Arise. Yeah, I like this. I generally like all that kind of stuff as long as it's yeah. It there's like a certain threshold. There's certainly ones I don't though. Like the tail trails in the sky character art looks like the actual character art in the menus and the dialogue. The little talking heads are cool, but the the chibi models yeah, in the oh. game world look terrible. But also, that's just because that game is twenty years old. It's not that that's right. Like, yeah, they, clearly, once they had the ability to move to a different style, they took it with and, the cold. And for being and a like GameCube game, game, I feel like Symphonia does age yeah. well, pretty well with the with the kind of cel shaded art. Uh, just because it's it stylistic is, for sure. Yeah. Uh, it's, 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 it's definitely showing its age, but also that is because it, uh, came out over 15 years ago at this yeah. point. So, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, tells Verizon is wild, but anyways, time. It's good. It's a good entry point too. If you're like, well, I mean me famously of, I have to see the progression of the <laughs> games and stuff. I was just like, no, nah, I'm just gonna play tales of rise and it's fun. It's good. Yeah. No, I don't it's, feel like I'm I really need to go enjoying back. it. I'm, uh, Going to definitely play some more after this po- podcast because I was I was really busy this week and I didn't I got really I got sidetracked by Deathloop, but like part of me wants to like really try to wrap up Deathloop next week as much as I'm having fun with it, so I can get back sure. to, to to more Tales time. Yeah, it, it like if you like really put your mind to it, Deathloop shouldn't take you too long. No, it's like twenty hours, I think. Yeah, 
well, yeah, if, 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 you, you could do it much shorter if you really yeah, wanted to, but enjoy sure. your time with it. Because uh, Holt is very much not enjoying his time. Uh, but I hear you're enjoying your time uh, with uh, some Genshin Impact. Yeah, quick check-in on it. Like, I also played some World Flipper this week, so it's the quick gotcha check-in. Yay. World Flipper's cool. I'm playing it now. It's... I, I, I literally like can't it. play it. They won't let me play World Flipper because That's I'm in Japan. So stupid. Like, it's it's um, bizarre. It's it's good. You're not like missing a world. It's fine. Yeah, I, I I enjoy it, but yeah. I'm also it's also just kind of like oh, this is a kind of chill gotcha I can play. Yeah, when it's I'm nice not that it's in portrait mode. Gotchas. You know, like it's a portrait mode game, which is kind of rare. Sometimes in World Flipper, I get to a boss and I'm like, why is this so fucking hard? This is stupid. And I actually have to try. And it's like, come on. Uh, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> but the but the true, the t- I'm back on the Genshin bullshit and it has only gotten better. I am I so close to getting still, there. I still have to unlock the, um, the, the next, the like Inazuma region. I, I'm not quite, because I missed so much story stuff i was so far behind but uh i've one of the things that i was kind of waiting for was for the community to start to like figure out mechanics more and like put some recommendations for stuff together and oh boy did they ever deliver (laughs) uh that game is not simple (laughs) and it's not that i necessarily thought that it was simple but it is um it, it is it is the the you would think like oh well it's like three different moves technically five because you can hold the attack button and hold the skill button burst button but it is uh a lot and it is things like like i'm reading this guide now that's like if you want to use uh Xiangling as a off-field dps the list is assuming that you're running her with bennett and a secondary buffer if you use Staff of Homa and Engulfing Lightning on her, or Engulfing Lightning on her, those two weapons each have specific scenarios where one would pull ahead of the others, but the difference is practically negligible, and you should offer whichever weapon alloc- fits your substat allocation best. If you want to run her as a physical DPS, um, she excels, excels more as an off-field pyro DPS, but you can use Crescent Pike because it's extremely strong on Jolling due to the nature of her attack combo. It continues to surpass Primordial Jade Winged Spear in terms of normal charged attack damage. And like... <laughs> Fucking stuff. don't know what you just said at all. <laughs> that's kind of my... Did I have a yeah, stroke? Same. Is it's like... There's just like some of these... Like is, looking at like Lisa's guide. If you want to do the optimal... The optimal Lisa string is tap E, normal attack times two until three stacks, fully charged E, hold E, normal attack times two, charged attack, repeat NA2, CA1 until E is off cooldown, and then repeat the string. Like, okay. So, like, <laughs> is this a MOBA is a good question, because the answer is, I think the answer is yes. It's just in a very different, like, configuration. Because what it turns out, what you're doing is, like, you're building these... The way you have to think about this game, I've come to understand, is less you have four different characters who each have a basic attack and an elemental ability and an ultimate, and more you are trying to build sort of one character who has eight different basic attacks, eight different ability skills, and four different ultimates. Because the way that you swap between the characters is like 
the way they play off of each other and stuff really, really matters in a way that was is not clear when you just play the game. You really have to go yeah. digging for all this information because they don't really surface it in the game itself, which, you know, you can certainly be critical of, but it's very interesting now getting into more of these guides and seeing it. And then, you know, the 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 progression of that is then I have like a fucking I spent a bunch of time last night putting my entire inventory into a planner. So it tells me that like Oh, today I don't have any unique activities, so I should use my resin, which is like stamina, to defeat some animal hypostasis bosses because I need a couple more of those and to do some ley lines to get experience because you don't want to waste your stamina because it's not refilling while no, it's maxed. No, of, co- of course but, not. So, so I should just do some of the more basic stuff. And I know I need to go hunt a lot of melee hillichurls because they drop stained masks, which I need 55 of. Uh, it's like... Oh, it's, boy. It's, it's mm-hmm. much... It's pretty satisfying now to be able to use all these tools and apps and guides and stuff to to feel like you're kind of you have a plan that you're executing on. It's very similar to Destiny in a lot of ways. On on uh, top of you playing Destiny now, on top of you playing yeah, Final Fantasy Destiny, 14. The Destiny on, thing, just, well, Final Fantasy you know. 14. So Final Fantasy 14. They're all very different. They're very yeah. different games. Final Fantasy 14 is just a do, JRPG. No, <laughs> like, sure. it has all that stuff if you want to get into it. But yeah. I'm just playing it as a story-based JRPG. So that's whatever. Yeah. Destiny is a lot simpler than Genshin Impact from, yeah. in terms of the activities you, you're doing and get, stuff. Get gun, click mouse. Yeah, like, certainly, de- <laughs> I don't want to take gun. anything away from Destiny. It has complexities and builds and everything, of course. Yeah. But it's... It's similar to Genshin Impact in that if you want to maximize, then you start looking at more of this theory crafting stuff. But with Genshin, there I find the math a little more pleasing to my brain than with Destiny. The other problem with Destiny is I'm going to keep playing it, but um, my friends who I was going to raid with, as I predicted, we attempted the raid one time and no one looked at how to do it beforehand. So we didn't make it past the first encounter. Mm. And then everyone's been saying, so when are we raiding? For the past two weeks since then. Uh, so we'll see. I think we will get around to it again. But it's definitely like. I don't think people were prepared. For what playing Destiny really means. So I'm kind of weighing like. How much time do I want to put into it. Because I don't want to spend a bunch of time. Trying to get to the max light level. Yeah. If we're not going to do the content. That takes even, advantage of that. Yeah even with like a crew. Like like Sherpaing like a crew through that. It can take you know hours to get which like is fine with me through. but it's yeah more scheduling it's getting time, people you know? yeah exactly getting um, people to it's have getting the time and six people to it. commit four hours of their time at once yeah so we'll yeah which is a lot it's just been people have just been busy so yeah anyway yeah gotcha's fun i haven't spent i think i spent three dollars on genshin since i started playing again so you know doesn't necessarily have to be a money pit it's start small it can be a money pit though it can be a money pit the thing is though i mean i spent money and i think i've probably spent between 50 and 100 bucks on genshin since it came out maybe um and i have i'm missing all but four five of the four star character no four of the four star characters and then i'm missing there's like 15 or so five star characters that i don't have but like I have plenty viable. I could never spend money on the game again 
if I didn't want to and just play through all of whatever they release with yeah. the characters that I have. Until they and, nerf them and they make the stuff more difficult and then you're like, uh, oh shit, my characters aren't good enough. It's... They haven't done that as far as I know. Like the 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 S plus tier damage dealers are four star characters and um like you can make an S plus tier team, I want to say, without even using a five star. And the four star characters are very easy to get with like free yeah. pulls. Yeah. So um so it's it's not really like I don't want to like say it's still doing the gotcha thing, which preys on people with gambling yeah. addictions and and is not like a positive monetization method, but it remains a game that you can really I think enjoy and get a lot out of without putting a bunch of money into it. I think if you want to have a lot of fun with it, like the most fun, you're probably going to want to put twenty twenty five bucks in at least over the course of a few months. Um, but I mean, in terms of developing your characters, you can speed up. You can't even speed up development of the characters because it has the stamina system. You can um, play for more objectives than like it costs like 20 out of your 160 stamina to get experience books that you used to level up your characters. You could do that eight times and then spend five bucks and do it another eight times and you'd have more experience books to spend instead of having to wait. But like there's so much stuff to do. It's unless you want to sit and play Genshin for six hours a night, like I'm not doing that. So I, I played for like an hour and a half last night and that's how long it took me to do all of my spend, all of my stamina. So it it's doesn't feel like a huge limitation to me really at all. Uh, that stuff. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, still real fun to play and real pretty. And the characters uh, they put out are look so good. I got the five star that is in the current character banner. Because I had a bunch of free gems saved up, uh, and she is so fucking cool looking. Uh, what so. what sort of character would you like to see them add? Like from an art perspective, or yeah, from a from an art perspective, like from like a design, like well, do you want like you know, I like a panda like person. Do you want? I like... see what you. Well, no, I actually don't want them to go into. I like that all of the characters are just like people, like humans basically um i think that's fine because okay. they've managed to keep them pretty unique and interesting looking yeah um i would people, i am people excited can look all sorts of different ways exactly i am excited for the one of the upcoming regions has like an ancient egypt aesthetic okay which i think is pretty cool um and the, they've shown like one character design from that and he's pretty cool looking so uh, what but what if just hear me out they made like a penguin made a penguin and this penguin's wait, name wait, was club penguins coming back uh <laughs> yeah all just in and that club and that penguin had an mp40 submachine gun <laughs> yeah, but what if that penguin was danny devito <laughs> i was gonna say what if they just put the famous comic strip character opus the penguin <laughs> in Genshin Impact. What if they put the famous uh, penguin Pingu? Or Mr. Ondo of the Forest. Oh, if if he could play Pingu, I would want to play play Genshin. (laughs) Hell yeah. Uh, Well, I guess they won't... I don't know. They could put Opus in Genshin Impact because he has a game out, I guess opus star song which i can only assume is opus the penguin playing a a concert in space that's 
That was a inspired transition. <laughs> I didn't I didn't see it coming despite the fact that it was so obvious. Well done. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Mhm. So, At yeah. Alex. Hey. Um <laughs> Sorry, I'm stunned. Um so <laughs> speechless. And I also have to write down the time marker so it caught me off guard, <laughs> you jerk. <laughs> um, so, I yeah, I've been playing this game called Opus Echo of Star Song, which, um, so for full disclosure, we got as in as a review key uh, via Sam. So I'm playing it on Steam, uh, review key from the publisher. So I didn't pay for it. Uh, but they didn't give us any restrictions on, you know, what can be talked about. There's no NDAs because the game has been fully out for like a month or something. Yeah. So, uh you know, we can say whatever we want. We could call the game a giant piece of poop and like, you know, whatever. But I'm not going to say that. I don't uh, Dark too. The, the, the long-awaited sequel is here. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> so a, a I, two I, in the dark. A number two in the dark. Oh God, oh, I'm not going to go down this path. So um, <laughs> I had never heard of this game before. Sam had kind of poked about it. Um, and something that was surprising to me is that it is actually the third entry in a series, uh, oh. which I had no idea. Um, the first game was called Opus, The Day We Found Earth back in 2016. The second was Opus, Rocket of Whispers in 2018. And all of them come from this, uh, this Taiwanese developer called Sagono. And yeah, I had never heard of the Opus series before. Um, and this, like, I kind of looked at the old ones just to kind of see what their style was, what they were going for. And the third one, the one that I'm playing, Echo of Star Song, is different. Like, it looks like they definitely have a lot of stuff in similar with each other. Um, they got similar elements. They've got some, it looks like kind of similar worlds. But it also seems kind of Final Fantasy or Tales-esque, where each game is kind of independent from each other, even though there might be stuff in common, like, Oh, uh, in final fantasy, you got Moogles and Gil and all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, totally same here. It's just totally different characters, totally different stuff, but probably same overall universe or constraints within the worlds. So, uh, I haven't played those first two games, so I'm not too sure, but that's kind of what I, had, uh, you know, taken away from looking, but for echo star song, the game itself is just very, very plot heavy, like hard science fiction kind of space opera story with just like an immense amount of lore. Like mm. from minute one, it's throwing you into straight into the deep end with just a bunch of terms that you will not understand. <laughs> like it's just like <laughs> I'm just throwing out all these terms and it's like uh, all these factions and all this kind of stuff. And you're like, what? Okay. And y you just kind of have to go with it. And the more you do it, the more you kind of like spend time with it, you'll just kind of internalize the rules of that universe and the way like it works and the factions that are involved in a lot kind of stuff. It's pretty good. It's pretty cool. Um, but when I watched the trailer visually, the first thing that it reminded me of was uh, one of the anime I talked about earlier this year, which is uh, Vivi or Vivi, Fluorite Eyes Song, which we talked about around the same time as Odd Taxi, but maybe we should talk about Odd Taxi in a bit. Anyways. Um, so it, Vivi has like a really gorgeous, uh, art style, just really vivid, um, and really colorful and just a really hard sci-fi, uh, which this game also has. And I think when it comes to the game itself in the trailer, you get to see like these 3d animated scenes that are really colorful and all this kind of stuff. But 
in the, when you're actually playing it, it's a blend of a bunch of different styles, which all differ depending on what gameplay system you happen to be interacting with at that time, which, uh, I'll try and explain just like in, in short, sometimes it's kind of like a side scroller with like really nicely rendered 3d environments and in world puzzles, kind of like a limbo or inside or little nightmares or even like forgotten Anne or something like that. Um, then other gameplay sections, it's kind of just like a straight up visual novel with really nice character art. And then it'll bring up like really detailed CGs like visual novels do. And then other, other times it's like, it's basically like FTL where you're engaging with like resource management and base building, like you're building up your ship that's flying through this space and then you're navigating your ship through this large galaxy and it's getting into like these random events as you're rolling up onto new planets or asteroids or whatever. And then like there's random encounters that have like dice rolls for these things. Um, and actually the dice rolly parts kind of feel like a blend between FTL and Disco Elysium because uh, it, it depends on some of your stats, how the dice roll might go. And like, it'll uh, depend on which characters doing the dice roll and like you can up certain characters, uh, luck or whatever. So yeah, it's like this cool blend between the two and just, yeah, it's, it's wearing its inspirations on its sleeve, um, in a really interesting way. And I think it's kind of cool, but overall I'd say the gameplay itself is fine. Like it's not like mind-blowingly excellent it's not particularly challenging in any of the gameplay segments it's not gonna make you do like intense platforming or anything like that it's also not particularly innovative because because it's pulling all these systems in but all of it works together really seamlessly which is great because it is these disparate systems it is the world exploration versus the ftl and this versus straight up visual novel so it never overstays its welcome and it's never getting in the way so um, but all of the gameplay is also really in service of a really fantastic narrative with really great characters. Like the narrative has been really subverting my expectations the whole way through where it's just like, man, it'd be cool if they did like this thing and then they do that thing, but also like five times better than I was expecting and like expanding it way further out than I would have thought they would even try because like the scope, what they end up going for ends up being really ambitious. Uh, like bearing in mind, you're working with an entire galaxy for scale. So yeah, the fact that they're going for a larger scope, uh, I, I'm really looking forward to how, uh, how they handle it. Like I'm about halfway through, uh, my understanding is it's about a 10 hour game and I'm roughly five hours in. Um, and the, <laughs> I played most of it yesterday because that's when I had time and there were multiple points where I was basically saying to myself like, Oh, I'll get to the next space station or next section or whatever, save and step away. But then I would get to that section and then just kind of continue and then continue and continue to continue until like suddenly hours had just gone by and I had to get ready for the podcast. Like that's, that's why I had to stop. <laughs> I was like, fuck. Okay. I, I hit a chapter and okay, I'll stop fine. So yeah, for now I'm really, really positive on it. And if it maintains the narrative quality and pacing and just high standards for everything it has, it's probably in pretty high contention for my game of the year. So, wow. Yeah. Oh, so like, cool. yeah, so sounds really good. Yeah. yeah so like, I really want to play that review forthcoming but i think you probably have an idea of what i'm going to be saying so it's yeah, yeah i'm looking forward to what the latter half of the game brings because i've heard just kind of scuttlebutt seeing it around when i was doing my research people are really positive on where the narrative goes and yeah it's been great i i think you would like it pat um, i think i would I'm, i plan yeah. to play it because like 
it's certainly I love the art a lot and yeah, um, it's gorgeous. It uh it it you know Steam reviews have a wide range of quality and usefulness from game to game. Yes, However, they do with a very niche game like this, they tend to be generally thoughtful and from people who are more like me in terms of their like desire to actually provide some insight into a game and on this game there's 97 percent overwhelmingly positive out of 1400 reviews so yeah and um, it's it's a relatively small game well. like like a small audience but i think it totally deserves attention and i've not had a bad experience not having ex- uh, exposure to the previous two games it doesn't feel like anything is missing it feels yeah. self-contained and totally like I, you're um, fine it, it's a good jumping have, off point i heard about this first uh from uh, Austin Walker talked about it on one of his last Waypoint Radio appearances and um, also had like glowing things to say about it. So uh, yeah, it's it really just, good. It seems it seems like it, if you have any affinity for like sort of obviously it, like you're saying it kind of genre bends a lot, but like um, narrative indie games, it sounds like it's just fantastic. Yep. If you like sci-fi, if you like um, like if you like FTL, if you like all these kinds of things, if you like visual novels, it's got it. It's got you covered. You like pina coladas, hot in the rain. Yeah, <laughs> precisely. Yeah, I hope to play it, and I'm interested to play their other games too because they look diff- very different from a yeah. gameplay perspective, but similar in tone, which is cool. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure those games you can play them on mobile. Like, I think you can play them on iOS or Android. If That's I cool. if my research served correctly, I didn't see if uh, Echo of Star Song was on anything other than pc i'm actually not too sure about that um i only saw it on steam all right well that is once again opus echo of star song yeah review forthcoming at x.space heads up play it it's good (laughs) right add it to the list jesus christ i know i'm at that point too i'm like oh my god god throw in just Kill me, why don't you? With all these games. God. <laughs> uh, but as we move into the news, there is one game that we'll have to wait a little bit longer for. Actually, a few games we'll have to wait a little bit longer for. Uh, first up, game got delayed. There was rumors. There was Scuttlebutt. Jeff Grubb started it. He's like, oh, you're going to hear more reviews real, or more delays real soon. And uh, people started thinking, oh, it's going to be Battlefield. It must be Battlefield. It's going to get delayed into 2022. Sure enough, Battlefield 2042 delayed one month, just about. One month into November, out of October. Yeah. That's not a lot to say. I'm glad it's not a bigger delay. Yeah, I I was kind of, I mean, I've been anticipating Battlefield 2042 pretty uh, heavily. And I was like, some people are saying like, into 2022 which may as well just be indefinite um and uh so i'm glad to hear that it's only a month that's like whatever it's that's hopefully it means it do, it won't but hopefully it means like less stress on the team <laughs> instead <laughs> yeah. it's just going to mean that they're stressed for another month another month yeah but but uh, they it, but maybe it'll you know it'll help like the game come out in like a better spot so that way yeah, they, there can be hopefully. less stress after launch uh, there'll still be stress of course I, i'm servers I'm still... and patching and did... all that but maybe it'll things will be a little bit smoother at launch than maybe. otherwise did they really explicitly say why they were delaying it a month like were they saying this is for extra qa or this is for I the, the statement was, was basically like a specific reason 
it was like the transition we expected right. to transition back to office work by now, but we can't. So it's led to harder. Um, yeah, it's harder to work remotely. Things are just taking longer. So, okay, yeah. that just sounds like they're having trouble tying the last of the system together for optimization yeah. and stuff. Hopefully, so yeah, hopefully it's just related to that. That's kind of stuff. that's that happens. That's fine. I don't think there's anything to like freak out about. Like I saw some people online being like, "Oh, grr, this is the worst." Oh, EA, how dare you? But it's like, no, it's fine. No. These are. It, it's it seems pretty normal right now yeah. with everything that's game. going on. Yeah, it's still a bit of a question mark because, you know, Battlefield 5 was fairly disappointing. So I think, sure. you know, who it's going to be mostly the same people making this game that made Battlefield 5. So hopefully they learned yeah. some uh, some some lessons from it. And, you know, there's it's it's a bit of a question mark still. But um seems great. I don't seems think like this it delay is going to be the thing <laughs> that yeah. is the problem. No, uh, definitely. Um Next up, another delay. This one came first, uh, but was like I didn't even think that this, this game never had a date. Out. Oh, so it was okay. Dying Light Two: Stay Human was supposed to re- release this year in December. Yeah, uh, it has been in development for a long time. Uh, sounds like things at Techland are not great. Yeah, you got to go read that story if you're listening to that. Uh, that Wait. that I'm trying to find it now. Which uh, story? I don't know if I read this. Oh, Techland like is the like culture at Techland borderline is, uh, just a front. Like it is like barely functioning based on the reporting in the story. I'll find it. Okay, uh, I'll, I'll make sure to add it to but, the the links in the show notes. Yeah, this uh, this dying light to uh, delay is two months, uh, putting it February fourth, twenty twenty two. You know why not go for February second, twenty twenty two? Get that two 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 two. It's, Dying Light yeah. 2 on 2222. Two, so Give me marketing money, people. Like Published on, in February by Kirk McKean over at The Gamer, who I believe recently left The Gamer. Uh, yeah, uh, moved is, I think, uh, Deathloop was their last review yeah, or um, something. And yeah, I don't they're know. Like, transitioning but, out, but yeah. Like, it has, like, quotes in this article, like, the fish rots from the head. and. Oh, um Ugh. about how they just drop slurs into feedback about character art and stuff Ugh. to describe oh. characters that that they think look to i guess effeminate and Ugh. uh like the 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 this this story is you know it's a good reporter kirk's a good reporter so i i, I trust this information and it makes it sound like techland is a nightmare of a place to both work and a place that may never release a video game ever again <laughs> based on this information well techland has always been weird because it's never ever been consistent like there's like it felt like you were either getting a good techland game or a terrible techland game like when you when dying light came out and dead island came out those were good but then like you had like uh some of the call of juarez games which were just absolutely terrible um like chrome Uh, was absolutely terrible they had a marketing plan to drive an unmarked van to the mexican border and offload a pile of body bags to spark an arg for what (laughs) for 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 dying dying light too for dying what the fuck why (laughs) yep it's it's and this is like the guy who came up with it is like one of their top people uh right wow i forgot they were gonna send medical test kits out um at the beginning of the pandemic and like uh. the, then they were gonna it was gonna send you they were gonna send people 
like whether they have the pathogen from the game or not. Fuck. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm, look forward to that. This, I guess the story is all coming back to me. Yeah. It's yeah. It's not... a wild ass ride. I will link it because uh, it is it is something. <laughs> So look forward to that in uh, 2022. Maybe. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Speaking I, yeah, of twos, looking... terrible uh-huh. twos, uh, Deltarune. Hey, that's sequel, cool. Sequel, the spiritual sequel, the, the anagram. Is it anagram? Is that the word? Yeah. For uh, Undertale. Undertale, yep. Yeah. From Toby Fox, Chapter Two of Deltarune released. Deltarune's a good name too. It's just a cool. It, did Delta Deltarune Chapter One was that when our we first started podcasting? Or was that the like uh, in that was, for, like that first year? It was twenty eight. It? it was twenty eight. Yeah, it was twenty eight. Okay, so that was in our first year of podcasting. Yeah, yeah. near Jeez. the end of end of that year. Yeah. Well, we can't stop until Deltarune is fully out. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely not. We well, we can't stop till we get at least to four twenty. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. See, Deltarune is a game that I think could take many years to to be completed if it's ever completed. Hey. But I have faith in Toby Fox to like continue to work on it. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. As long as they want to. Well, it seemed like they were saying uh, that they weren't sure if they were going to like actually make Deltarune a full thing because right. like the work and but that they're keeping on it is cool. So, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed my time with Chapter 1. I haven't played Chapter 2 yet, uh, but Chapter 2 is also free, um, so it's all still free. Yeah, it crashed. It crashed Itch.io when it came I out. Know, yeah. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> yeah, I but I'm, I've I'm, not played any of Deltarune, so I need to get on that. Yeah, I, I, kinda, I, I haven't decided. I kind of want to play chapter one again before I play to get do chapter two. Um, but chapter one, I mean, you know, if you like the undertale style, it is just really, the art is really beautiful. Uh, the music is, it, it, it goes hard. Um, which you'd expect from Toby Fox at this point. Toby Fox. So, so yeah, so I'm excited to, I mean, I, I really enjoy the story of them too, but I'm, I'm also excited like, Oh yeah, I'm going to get some more, some more good music to listen to and, you know, check this out. So I'm excited. Toby Fox does not look what I expected Toby Fox to look like. <laughs> I just Googled Toby Fox. And I'm just like, wait, excuse me. I don't me? know if I've even seen his face because I just keep it. Keep it a mystery. His... Yeah. yeah. Keep it in uh, your mind's eye. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There are some pictures where I'm like, is this even the same person? But um, anyway, uh, next up, our our European correspondent has left, but uh, the okay, Switch not part of Europe, anyways. That's uh, true. Uh, the Nintendo Switch has had its price reduced by two or reduced to not reduced by reduced to two hundred and sixty nine euros. Nice. nice. Yeah, it's nice. about a twenty sixty nine nice dollars. Yeah, it's like a 20 pound drop in the UK, so I, I don't know what that is. Probably like a 40 euro drop, roughly. And uh, No, it's a 20 euro, yeah. 20 pound, sorry. 
Yeah. Uh, mm. I, w- no. I wonder if this is going to come to the States uh, for like the base model switch, not like the OLED, like as the OLED is about to hit. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. I don't. I mean, the I, Switch I, is I selling so well. It, they they kind of yeah. don't necessarily even need to, but yeah, yeah. This uh, yeah. I mean, of course, but I mean, like, they didn't the need to do it in Europe, probably either. But yeah, like the statement they put out, what seemed like it was um, going to be exclusive for Europe, purely because of like exchange rates and um, like um, ba 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 ba. Yeah, they're basically citing exchange rates, and there's no. Ch- they say they have no plans to do it in the U.S. for now. Okay. Um. So probably not. So don't. Sure. I would. I would say don't plan on it. Yeah. Don't. Don't um, count on that. But yeah. But there, if holidays coming up, there'll be sales and stuff. But probably. Not on the OLED, I imagine, but on like the OG Switch. Yeah. Uh, Maybe the Switch Lite. Who knows. Yeah, uh, which now surprisingly supports Bluetooth uh, audio (laughs) and apparently could have all along. I I guess. I mean, if they if they if it's if it just needed an update like. Yeah, I I I thought for I thought I was always under the impression that there was like latency stuff with Bluetooth that would made it like not great and like lining up the audio, which is why like the Xbox and the PS5 don't do Bluetooth audio. It's true, Bluetooth audio is terrible. But then, and apparently there have been some issues with this update and like not pairing with things and but crashing the system. (laughs) Yeah, uh, but then Nintendo's just like, oh yeah, here you go, Bluetooth audio out of nowhere. Like what? Yeah, like if they could have done it all along. <laughs> yeah, why did it take this long? There was some, I read there was some concern about like audio quality or that it would fuck up the like the 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 Joy-Cons somehow with interference. It's, well, yeah, there's like now you can only have, I think, two, two controllers attached, I think. Like, and then so is that like two like a third controller? Would that be like two individual Joy-Cons? Or two individual pro controllers, or is that like a set of Joy Cons and a a pro controller? I well, I think it would be probably individual Joy Cons because, like, they're you know they're separate things, yeah. And it's just how it's like registering them together, and then like you could probably do like a Joy Con and a pro controller, and then headphones maybe. But I don't know. I I don't know why you would do that. I I haven't tried. (laughs) Yeah. So. Um. So yeah, that's uh, that's the Switch news this week. Come back so, next week. I don't know when Nintendo does something else weird. I don't know, man. The Switch is still weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Metro Dread almost out. Yep. Like when is that game? It's like out? a month. Like, it's is it it's, okay? Yeah, it's around the same time Battlefield comes out actually. Uh, well, no, because Battlefield's in November now. Uh, right. October, we're less than a month away. Is or battle or Battlefield's November? This is October eighth, so we're less than a month out, like three weeks. Hell yeah! Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Sorry. Um, Original date. Uh, let's see. Uh, next up, Sony news. Little Big Planet servers have crashed, and Sony decided just to not. Like fix it and bring them up again, like the original Little Big Planet. Yeah, like I, I believe one, so. two, and three, basically. Oh, yeah. Three was a PS4 game. 
Yeah, I, well, those are those are what crashed, and I think the one and two and the Vita one, they yeah, they just we're just like we're just not going to spin these back up. The the PS4 one is has been spun back up. This is yeah, kind of why I sense. am very skeptical of like any of that, like dreams included, any of that stuff of like yeah. it could just die. Like if you spend hundreds of hours working on a Skyrim mod. You can. That's always going to be playable by people. You know. Yep. Like, well, now you can't delete it off Mod Nexus. I don't, we never had that in our news, but now you can't delete <laughs> yes. mod your own mods off Mod Nexus. Yeah, which is fucked in a different way. But I mean, uh, like, you know, I don't you, stand by my clean face mod anymore. If you make mods for games uh, like that, then you're, you're going to be able to. Like, I could go back and find Battlefield 1942 mods sure. from 20 yeah. years ago and install them today. When it's based on like the whims of uh, huge publishers' yeah. server costs, it's like <laughs> I don't I mean, know. I wouldn't want to put already, time into that. We've seen stuff like this with Nintendo and like Super Mario Maker uh, has yeah. had like you know people's levels just deleted inexplicably because uh, Nintendo isn't like, oh, this is why it was deleted. They're just like, nope, it's gone, yeah. or you know, e- after e- time or whatever. EA, you know, I think EA has a history of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah, has a history of just shutting down like a lot of their sports game servers, right? Like, yeah, three or four years after the release, they just shut it down. So, if you love that game, too bad. So, like, it's yeah. not unprecedented, but yeah, it it makes well game preservation. There's a reason that it's become such a huge thing, you know. Yeah, and Allison, I know you follow a lot of game preservation society e kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you you follow uh, oh god, what's her name? Uh, Kelsey Lewin. Yeah, yeah, and I do follow um, all of that game preservation stuff, and yeah. it, it, it is a constant thing that you know needs. I think oh. needs to be considered. Well, for on sure. that note, RetroArch is out on Steam, <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I, and also I don't know if you've seen the MVG video that came out this week about uh, PlayStation Four games are now playable on PC with this really interesting emulator. Right, yeah. uh, like, and they're not like fully playable. It's like some of the simpler two yeah. D games. But it, a start. it just it, it's a start and it's a big part of like we were saying game preservation, because if it is at the whims of the publishers or the DevOps teams of whatever, you know, Sony, Microsoft, whomever, Nintendo, and they decide, yeah, we're just not going to keep this around anymore. And that means you can't play it ever again. Then that sucks. Big doo doo. Yeah. And I, I mean, like there's an element of all these people are doing it um, on their own. Like the people who are doing those specific emulators, um, uh, Craig Cifaldi, who does the video game history foundation, which Kelsey Lewin works with. Um, and I was just following a thread on Twitter earlier this morning where they're trying to um, basically bid on some Neo Geo pocket uh, games uh, mm. and including some unreleased games, prototype ca- cartridges. And it's like, it, there's a lot of interesting stuff with that, but also it ended up selling for over $13,000. So they're like, well, they, they, they try, they, they put a lot of money into that, but it didn't work out for them. But it's like, uh, you know, there is, if there is an element of the people who are making games now should just kind of make it like work to- together for preservation when, it it shouldn't have to be on the video game history foundation to yep. 
be considering making an over $10,000 purchase to preserve some Neo Geo Pocket games. Especially especially when you're going to make a sequel to The Matrix Online. People can't play The Matrix Online anymore. And (laughs) so, like, you know, that's just rude. And you got to make The Matrix Online playable for people so they can understand the story of Matrix Resurrections. Like, there's a lot of issues with you know, with, with preserving games, because it's not just the same thing as preserving, like, film or TV, um, sure. because, yeah. you know, because there is an element of, you know, playing something on it, the original hardware is going to feel different than an emulation. But at the same time, there should be more effort, especially by the game developers and game um, companies, to make sure that things are preserved, even if they are trying to push for you to buy the new version or whatever, making sure that the old one at the very least exists is is important. I think like there, there comes a point where it's, there's no point in having like a server connection required for a game anymore. Like you can patch that out and you know, it's not trivial to like have someone do that. Like, you know, that's, that's work that needs to be done. You need to pay someone to do it. And you know, companies just don't want to pay someone to do that stuff. Right. That's the thing. Yep. Their solutions do a lot of these issues. And, yeah. you know, there's, there are issues with just, like, over time, like, you know, difficult to play and, a PS3 game right now. Yep. And right. Like, yeah. And you do see a lot of people kind of poo-pooing on um, emulation because it gets associated with piracy, which, okay. sure, piracy can exist there, but emulation really, like, the people who are spending the most time with it and those who are putting in the hardest work they're doing it for preservation. And right. Like, and, oh. and then you see a lot of game developers look to the emulation versions for porting it to a new system. Like totally. these people, these are a lot of the, a lot of the people who are putting in the early work in preserving different versions of things, yeah. different games, uh, games that would otherwise be forgotten. And there's just so many games where even if, uh, like I personally don't emulate very much. Uh, like I, I'm, in, I'm, I'm a fan of, of game preservation, but it's, it's not something that I do. But, I mean, there's plenty of video games where I'd love to play them, but at the same time, I'm like, well, I can never afford that. <laughs> there's so many expensive kind of games. So if we could, I, I don't know, if we could just have game devs and game publishers kind of all come together, which I know is something that's easier said than done. But Well, and it's silly to, because it's not... You, if you want to go play a, a game that's very expensive to purchase, it's not like the person you're buying it from is the developer. Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. Like, right. The money's not going to Nintendo right, or exactly. whoever it is. The money's like, going to the in the pocket of the collector who's selling like it a lot, which is fine. But well, there's there's a whole now issue where Depends people on who are that, trying to seller is. Yeah, yes. Where people are trying to pump up the retro game yes, market. Exactly. I saw some a, of that stuff. The price yeah, and stuff. It is weird because. Like a lot, of, like I, I was watching a few videos about it where um, a lot of people are thinking there's an element of it being artificially mm-hmm. uh, pumped up so that they can create a bubble, oh, so yeah. that they can get, so that they can cash in quick. Oh which, man, what was the? There was, and this was like ten years ago. Uh, I can't remember which game it was. I know there was a Neo Geo cart where it, there was like it had not been uh, dumped, like there was no ROM of it. And one person basically held the only cart in existence. And he's like, okay, if you pay me $50,000, I'll dump the cart for public, 
you know, oh God. so they can be out there. And it's just like, so that's stupid. so shitty. It's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, sure, this doesn't exist anywhere else. And if it gets dumped, that means the value of this physical item you have is lower. But also, that's just so shitty. <laughs> it's the same mentality that exists with a lot of like people who get really offended when you say NFTs kind of suck. Like they do kind of suck. I mean, they, they do. do. And I know and a lot of artists that are ignoring doing, you know, getting easy money for that because they're just like, this really sucks. This is really yeah. shitty for not just the environment, but also for art. Yeah. As a, come on, as um, come on, and, come on, John Romero. Yeah, exactly. Oh uh, but, uh, but, but the, the, sorry, Andre. And it no, sucks on, no, no, yeah. Come on, John Romero. <laughs> like, it sucks. <laughs> I mean, Come on, little Nas X. It's gonna keep happening with more. And yeah, more. but, but uh, the the um the uh the thing that is an interesting like dichotomy with the whole situation is obviously emul. I'm of the firm opinion that there's nothing wrong morally with like pirating something that you can't like yeah. get. Oh, I, I don't. Way. I don't. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't or, think there's well, anything necessarily morally wrong. I just have. Um, oh yeah. I I just and, get I just get stressed out about it. So sure. I'm Truth, just like. And truthfully, mm. like, so I work at a company now which handles things like music licensing and streaming services and those kinds of rights. So we deal with piracy. And I have also been a recording artist in the past. So, as someone who's released albums, we have to deal with piracy. Every artist and all of us, we're largely fine with piracy, in terms of. Uh, in terms of a way to get a name further out, like for indie artists and for smaller artists, like piracy is fine because it's a way for people who can't otherwise afford it to, you know, I, spread your I, stuff I, and learn about you, you and stuff. I think I, there's a difference between, you know, if 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 it's readily available on uh, various things versus some of the games where. The, you can only buy it in, in physical sure. copies, and yeah. it's hundreds of dollars per copy. Like, that, like, like there are certain specific games where you're just like, "Ooh, that is that is almost impossible to." Yeah, to to draw an analogy that might hit in this particular room, uh, like think if you are like some twelve year old kid and you don't have a credit card, you don't have access to like Spotify Premium, but you know you have Spotify free, but you really want to get into J pop. How like how are you going to get some of those artists that literally just you can't get BPM. access to? <laughs> yeah, well, you're a twelve year old kid who doesn't doesn't know how that I shit think, works. I think also <laughs> the 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 problem can arise where people not that you're doing this now um, or that any of us would, but there's also people who use that argument to just justify not ever paying for video games. Which yeah, is yeah. and so I shitty. think I think that yeah. it's complicated, and especially that in that sucks. specific uh, and, example because. Uh, American fans of J-pop have gotten have a reputation with Japanese with pub, like Japanese music where they're like oh they're just going to pirate it anyways so it like because you don't put it out why bother? Like, right, why bother? right but I mean but, but I mean even for legal stuff there's like yeah. they're they're like oh they just like they're, we're not even going to bother yeah, releasing anything legally and we're not really going to bother with this market Japan it's, has it's, never it's like had a self-fulfilling prophecy yeah, that, and it, Japan it, I mean, has, it, it, absolutely is but at the same time i like there is a real perception of like let's uh, of just like 
at, at best, ignoring, at worst, disdain towards the well, foreign market. That's, yeah. that's and, not yeah. new. That's not and new, though. In Japan, like, yeah, that's Japan has always Japanese been that way. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's why in the 90s, like the late 90s, when video game media started having an internet presence, uh, or like early 2000s, even with like GameSpot and stuff, yeah. Japanese companies wouldn't send them videos or images or press releases or anything. Like they, because they were like, oh, they're, gonna, if we release these images, they're just going to find ways to pirate it because they didn't understand the internet. Like, yeah. so I like mean, Japan, they're still, still doing some, that. With, some uh, would argue totally. they still don't. Well, and I, yeah. right. I think it's, I think it's a challenging, <laughs> you just have to understand that there's like issues at both ends of the spectrum where yeah. like it's, 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 I think it's fine. If companies aren't going to make a, pro- a game available for you to purchase yeah. legally, it, I don't have a problem with emulation preserving it. And on the other end, like Deathloop has been getting review bombed on steam because it has Denuvo built in and people like get really mad about that. And like, I get it, but also yeah. Like it, when they put out Witcher Three with no DRM, they lost millions and millions of dollars in yeah. revenue to uh, piracy, yeah. and and it proved that the DRM free model yeah. of releasing new games as a AAA studio does not work. Like CD Projekt was fine; they made yeah. plenty of money off that game, but like for a studio like Arcane that is not really in charge of its own destiny, yeah, I don't have a problem with them putting Denuvo on it because yeah. I know people who I scold about it whenever I have a chance and talk to them about it whenever they bring it up. But I know people who go, uh, I'm just going to pirate Deathloop. I'm not going to buy it. I want to play it, but I'm not going to pay $60 for it. And it's like, that's why I bought two copies. I think that's I, that also the thing that happens with that with me that frustrates me is that that kind of mentality. price value mentality hurts uh, yeah. like smaller yeah, developers. Absolutely. The absolutely. Yeah. Well, it, it, it leads into the whole 30 minute game that costs two dollars right. and people right. returning it and after when, they right exactly it. or it's like oh this this game is worth uh you know this big triple a game i wouldn't even pay 60 dollars for that why would i pay 20 dollars for this and, um short indie game yeah, so yeah, yeah. that's the thing yeah. where i'm kind of like it gets a little bit and i'm gonna go out on a limb and say that the developer of opus can't really afford de nouveau licensing costs yeah probably yeah. not you know <laughs> like yeah so so yeah i don't know it's um, the piracy for piracy's sake where it falls apart like yeah. piracy for oh there's no other way for me to get this and play it that yeah and the, okay the problem is do, but that pirates like, oh pirate, i just want to pirate it then okay, pirates who pirate for piracy's sake often use those arguments of like the 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 good parts <laughs> in yeah. order to justify the valid it. reasons yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's it's so, very frustrating. All of that to be said, I hope some of those little big planet stuff, those things got backed up because there was yeah. some really yeah. Amazing, oh, absolutely amazing and, and, things that yeah. were in there. Yeah, and it's it's like I've like barely touched that series, but at the same time, it's it's something that really should you know be preserved because people put a lot of work and people put a lot of mm-hmm. effort into this. And yeah, absolutely. Also, Anyways, if you are things, interested in perhaps in making spending a lot of time on a projects and project and dreams, consider learning to use a game engine where you could make the game and then <laughs> either put it out for free for everyone yeah. or sell it. But or whatever, but at know? least like, at least with those, you have the option of like exporting the game, even if you don't get access to the original assets and like the ability to yeah, edit that, it. That at least you can ex- at least you can export it. Yeah, or use it as a jumping off point or, you use, know, use it getting as a into development. Yeah, like yeah. a prototyping tool and then remaking you know, something for people more who, robust. You know, for, for kids who don't have access to whatever. Like, you know, it's a neat tool 
and like game maker garage like same yeah, thing like totally yeah make, make uh, especially to get people introduced to stuff and then go and do like a more more fully featured thing but it is definitely like in the like approaching the same level of like to me of the fan game of like oh we made a metroid fan game and here comes the cease and desist like right yeah, yeah. and you, it's you like spend your time better here right and it's the type and it's the type of thing where is anybody really going to pick up that metroid fan game and be like well this is the exact same as a a legit metroid game i mean to like, that another metroid uh, 2 remake whatever like people seem to really like that and then yeah. it happened to yeah, come out it, like just great. before it came out just before nintendo released a metroid 2 remake right yeah or whatever so that that was just like weird timing but yeah, yeah Nin- like you know nintendo, that happens all the time yeah. nintendo also has the tendency yeah. to kind of go after these fan games more so than other companies you know they're yeah the, it's a whole mess but it, it definitely like you know they're gonna slap you with the cease and desist just like do something else like you know make a thing inspired by you have the talent obviously just do something else legally yeah. well, especially with especially with like fan games i don't know if there's any way that you wouldn't know that's what's gonna happen yeah. you know what i mean with like making yeah. like, a pokemon fan game you I feel like you kind of have to be aware that that is. Gonna, I mean, you're going to yeah. get cease and desist. I mean, yeah. there are, there are a ton of like Pokemon, like Pokemon Black and ROM hacks and all that stuff. Like the mm-hmm. like the Game Freak stuff. I don't know how that how all that stuff goes, but like there's a vibrant community and like there are tools to make your own Pokemon game and like all this mm-hmm. sort of stuff. So, yeah. But you know, people but, making like Nintendo ass Nintendo games. That's where it gets weird. Yeah, yeah it's but, like you know that you know, the chances of you getting hit with that are. Yeah. But, but I guess like, and we can probably continue on after this, but like, then you run into things like Temtem, which is, it's a good, uh, you get like Doke V, which is going to come out, but like those don't have the built in user base. That's going to check out your work, you know, and it might be a lot more work to make all this original story and assets and systems and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, people cut their teeth by making remakes. They emulate the things that they like and the fact that they get so harshly rebuked and punished for doing so is it's rough. Yeah. And some ways that can like raise profile and like, Oh, well, okay, we're going to go and we're going to fix, you know, change the stuff and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, it's, it's a whole, I mean, it's a, it's a mess. Didn't this whole industry is a mess. I mean, yeah. Dan Salvato, the guy what made DDLC, didn't he get his start from... Uh, he got his start like, with uh, Smash, right? Like, yeah, like Smash and doing Smash remake kind of... Yeah. yeah. So, like, uh, so, like legitimate developers get yeah. their start. Oh, yeah, 100%. Through, oh, yeah. through, through emulation... Well, not emulation in that sense, but, you know, emulating the things they yeah. really care about, so... Yeah. Uh, Anyways. <laughs> uh, we've got two more news stories here. Uh, we'll We'll skip to the least interesting one um which is thq had a showcase that i had <laughs> no idea was happening uh i, I didn't even know that it actually was, happened i just saw that one of those games get announced and i was like oh huh did mark did mark uh shout out to mark put it together uh, uh maybe uh and i guess six games were announced or maybe more i don't know uh outcast is that two i don't even know what this is yeah, outcast outcast, outcast. 
Oh, okay. Outcast is a cool game. You you should hey, dig yeah. up Outcast. C, not exactly, a K. Exactly, yeah. Uh, oh, oh, okay. Oh. Outcast was like when I was a kid, I had the demo disc that had Outcast from PC Gamer on it. And I was like really obsessed with playing Outcast someday, but I never, like, my parents never got it for me. And then once I could play it as an adult, I was like, eh, this hasn't aged very well. But <laughs> <laughs> missed the window. It's a cool concept. Uh, Destroy All Tumans 2. Uh, <laughs> all Tumans. All Tumans? Destroy All Tumans. Uh, all Humans 2. It's so weird that they're making just remakes of Destroy All Humans games instead of, yep. like, instead of new, new ones. One. Yeah. Well, they got to they got to bring back. Yeah, I don't know. If they... The writing and humor in those games is really dated. And Does not, not cool hold anymore. up. <laughs> and it's funny that instead of making a new game, there just... wasn't it. Wasn't it a lot of it about like probing butts? A lot stuff? of anal probing. Oh stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this this one is literally called reprobed. Yeah. So. There's a lot of non <laughs> oh, subtle. Okay. Butt stuff going on. In the game, I think which I'm not really fair a enough. fan I think, of. So the first one takes place in the the 50s. This I think Destroy All Humans 2 takes place in the 60s. Yeah. And okay. I've all I don't know why. Like I played these games when I was a kid. The games are fun. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, I, I never there's played them, but I was story. always yeah. kind of interested. They seemed yeah. interesting. There's a character in Destroy All Humans 2 named Coyote Bongwater. Yep. <laughs> like I don't the, the, that is wow, stuck in my head for like so, I, so wow. is, that is one of those things that would stick like, in your head. I don't know. For the fucking rest of sixteen life. years that has been kicking but around in my skull. The, structurally those games are <laughs> wow. like brain candy to me because they're like you like have levels and there's a bunch of objectives almost like a tony hawk level but you're doing you're running around as an alien doing stuff it's they were very appealing i should play the remake at some point of the first one even though the story and humor sucks <laughs> uh it was the early 2000s that was that was all the rage yeah. well no, speaking but... of things that were all the rage in the early 2000s this one's for my brother MX versus ATV Legends. Hell yes. I'm so excited that they're bringing this back. Wow. I love MX versus ATV so fucking much. That was, I, yeah, I forgot about that series completely. That, that, uh, that series ruled. <laughs> huh. uh, next up, Dang. Jagged Alliance 3. I never played I a Jagged Alliance game. Me neither. I, they're good. Tactics, okay. you know. Yeah. All right. Uh, this this looks like some sort of tactics game. This guy looks like he's putting a pawn on some sort of holographic globe. It's like Superpower a Forex, like a like a grand okay. strategy sort of mm. thing. I don't think these oh, games are uh, very well regarded, but okay. And last, I don't know. I I think this is new. SpongeBob SquarePants, the Cosmic Shake. I think that is new. Oh, I don't know. That was the one where I was like, oh, I guess they're gonna make another a new SpongeBob game, and then. Apparently it was a whole th uh, THQ showcase. So yeah, I, yeah, I guess I it's, a, it's a new game. I don't know. A I 3D platformer. Like people like the SpongeBob games, I guess. Yeah, I feel like people love SpongeBob. When THQ included. died, everyone lamented the loss of the B game, and now that we have <laughs> them back, maybe it wasn't such a loss. <laughs> well, I, I think I think <laughs> back back when indies weren't as like prevalent. A, yeah. Well, the yeah, B games sure. mattered more. Now indie developers just make fucking rad ass <laughs> indie games. Yeah, I mean, so totally. Yeah, I mean, there's. I mean, they like, did then too, but on yeah, a smaller scale. Fewer. There were fewer of them. Like there, yeah. there, like there aren't. I mean, there are now like 
there was a loss of the MX versus ATV games, like sure. destroy all humans type games, like those yeah. kinds of things disappeared for a while. But, and now they're yeah. coming back. And but it's it's the same shit. Like destroy all humans two is just coming back. But I think, and not and like I, something new that like is in you know. Like I think part of the problem of shit, yeah. is MX versus ATV ruled because. I could go to GameStop when I was 14 with $15 in my pocket and buy a used copy of MX versus ATV whatever for PS2 for 10 bucks and have enough left over to get a soda. Whereas like <laughs> now it's like that game's going to come out and be $50 and I don't want to fucking pay $50 for whatever. I'm sure yeah, that's yeah. Will, no, yeah. frankly, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. not that it, Maybe it'll be good and deserve that, but I don't want to buy a game about riding motocross bikes for 50 bucks personally. Yeah. And like, I feel like it's sure it'll go on sale on Steam eventually, but by that point, I'll be well past caring about totally it. What if, what if MX versus ATV versus. F one Capcom. Oh, <laughs> well, <laughs> that's, that's better. Problem. That's better. That is <laughs> the problem. Is Chris Redfield punching a motorcycle? There's games that try to do that, and it's always like they have like Forza Horizon has a sort of F one facsimile car in it, and it fucking yeah. sucks. And oh, I never yeah. drive that thing because it blows ass. Oh yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, uh, but no, but MX versus ATV versus Capcom. Now we're talking. There we that's, go. Make the bike fight. <laughs> Make the romance yeah. options for the bikes and make them. Oh, you got to do that. Hell yeah. Uh, make the make the bikes yeah. kiss. What was, what was that stupid loco cycle? Uh-huh. Bring loco cycle back, but not. <laughs> MX versus ATV sucks. versus loco cycle. <laughs> versus Capcom. Uh, versus yeah, Capcom. Versus, uh-huh. I, I, I like, versus I want these games Tatsunoko. to be cool. And I mean, people work on them and stuff. I don't mean to belittle what people are doing, but the, the, the studios, but it's also just kind of like. The ho- the quality bar is pretty high. Like I don't know what Riders Republic is filling a similar gap to something like an MX versus yeah. ATV Legends, and it's it's well, it's cool in ways that and moves things forward in ways that I sincerely doubt MX versus ATV Legends will. Maybe totally. I'm wrong, but it's kind of like how A Hat in Time kind of carried that torch for like you know 3D puzzle platformers, or like Ukulele tried. Like it's and I guess it, like. Then Double Fine made Psychonauts 2, which sounds like it's fantastic yeah, and that's true. sort of does that, you know, like I don't. Yeah. So it's not impossible. I guess, I guess there are still kids that are going to GameStop with $15 in their pocket and maybe these kinds of games still serve that purpose for them. But I feel like as an adult, I just have so much less water for them because it's like I got more. There's more games to play than I have time for. Yep. I don't really have time for games that don't quite get there. Um, if, if you're going into a GameStop with fifteen dollars, there's only one thing you're walking out with, and it's a Funko Pop. Oh <laughs> God, I knew you were going to say. You're that. probably right. <laughs> you're probably right. Or a copy of uh, like MLB The Show 2017. <laughs> <laughs> it's too bad. It's not Sneak King. Ugh. Man. Game preservation uh, is solely in the hands of like Dave Lang and, and Jeff Gersman on that one. <laughs> they've got all the copies somehow. They're in a the, landfill somewhere. Did you see the video Dave Lang posted from his new car? Uh, oh, of him playing six no. in the morning or whatever. No, what was no, it? it was a like a video of he's like, oh, I got this new car, and it's it's just showing like his you know like the entertainment system of a car. 
and then the entertainment he pushes a button and the entertainment system lifts up and there's just a fucking hamburger behind it Ah, living the dream. I hope that there's a heating element in the in the car that makes like, like the KFC I'll, console. I'll I'll post it in our group chat and whatever. I'll put it in the show notes. But <laughs> I haven't seen that. I would like to watch. Yeah, that. it's it's linked in, I, there, I like in our to... chat. <laughs> I just like saw it. It's only a few seconds. <laughs> yeah. I would like to see the hamburger. <laughs> I, I, I thought you were going to say it was going to that like this someone dressed up as the sneak king was right outside the car i know me too i was thought sneak king was gonna show up in there i was like "Ooh, how <laughs> that would be pretty funny too that'd be pretty good <laughs> anyways this, <laughs> this this why that tweet why should be is, fucking viral like why is this not somebody making like, it into the hottest sh- <laughs> <laughs> god don't say that uh well the thanks thank you dave lang for that is, uh, what else would say, you put there other than burgers? It's like, the, it's like I mean, a pocket. Sunglasses. It's like a, um, it doesn't look wide enough for sunglasses. Just if you want it to go viral, just, in there. just say that that, like burger is sub, that burger is submissive and breedable and it'll go viral in a second. Oh my God. <laughs> Speaking of podcast. submissible, sub, submissive oh and breedable, sub, sub Submissive and breedable. We've got uh-huh. uh, Final Fantasy fourteen. It's got cat boys coming, and there was a letter from the producer. I don't know what any of this is. There's a lot of stuff. We there's yeah. way too much for us to talk about here. We would be oh, here wow. for an John hour. Romero tweeted, "Hey everyone, I heard you loud and clear. Thank you." <laughs> yeah, right. everyone anyway. in the replies to his NFT fucking AMA was yes. like, "Yo, this sucks." Yeah. Yeah, uh, but um, anyway. yeah, the the letter from the producer happened, and there's a there's way too much for us to talk about. It was like a many hour event with like very detailed. Just so looks I, I a don't ton of I stuff. don't care about like patch notes stuff. Is there like is there like community or like philosophy or I don't know? Was there anything like noteworthy well, outside of the game related to the game? Well, they're releasing uh, some new back scratchers like physical items that you can purchase for you. One of which is uh, the fat cat. uh, And the other of which is the great serpent of Ronka. Okay. So yeah, but no, there is like more community folk, like uh, like the the interactions you're going to be having in game kind of stuff. Like, yes, there was some of that kind of stuff detailed. There was also a lot of time given to the new jobs, like, or like changes to jobs and like every class in that game, has had some significant changes. So if you or it has significant this, changes coming, starting in the next in the next expansion or like yeah now with Endwalk with Endwalker. Okay, um, okay. So if yeah, I go like, back right now, I can still play my my dragoon. But if I yep. go back at Endwalker, I'll be like I. Oh. Yeah, like they're they're changing everything pretty significantly, except for Scholar. Like Scholar seems boring, but um, yeah, everything's basically got a new move set. Like some some jobs are just like completely fucking different like like it's kind of like it's almost like they're a completely different new thing so they're they're kind of going the dota approach of balancing which is uh being willing to just change shit like crazy and instead of nerfing they just buff everything a billion times (laughs) and you know i think wow has kind of done that in a way 
you know, I'm, Maybe. I'm unfamiliar yeah. with it, how, but like, you know, things just, you know, numbers just get bigger and you just keep letting the numbers get bigger so people can feel good. And well, it's not even the numbers like this is completely sure, different systems. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, change the systems and, you know, they've done that. You know, I think it's healthy for the game to evolve yeah. so it doesn't get stale. I totally I would. Ass- I mean, it's hard to know what the future is after Endwalker, but it sounds like it's going to be a pretty big narrative reset after mm-hmm. Endwalker. Endwalker is going to tie up in yeah. a lot of th- narrative threads. So I wouldn't be surprised if they also do a kind of gameplay crunch or reset as well in terms of like things like their leveling curve. Everybody's back to level one, baby. I don't think it'll be good. Roll that a new far. character. But like, all wow. Your entire inventory, all your, your locker wow. stuff, it's gone. Out, wow was like, you could get up to like level 120 and yeah. then they crunched it with the last expansion back down to one to 60. They didn't make people start the grind over again. If no, you were 120, you were level 60, 60 after the, yeah. the patch. But like, they just reset all the numbers because it was like, okay, <laughs> this is out of hand at this point. Uh-huh. They, don't, um, they don't fit on the screen anymore. <laughs> although I will say Final Fantasy, it, it, you already have like 8 million health or whatever at the yeah. max level. That's an exaggeration, but you have like the, the health is like Yu-Gi-Oh numbers. So uh-huh. I don't know. <laughs> hey, wait, Yu-Gi-Oh, you have like 8,000 health, don't you? Has, has this changed in Yu-Gi-Oh? No, you're right. It's it's more I was, than... I was, I thought you had like twenty thousand. Maybe it's two. No, it's like eight. 000. No, it's like two. It's like in the two thousand. It's in, in the, the single. Depe- depends. Depends on the uh, the you know the the style that the that anime you're watching. More like Genshin Impact numbers. When I was playing, when I was when I played Yu Gi Oh. This is the second time today I've talked about playing Yu Gi Oh as a kid. Oh God. Uh, this is like getting to like when I in my day. Fucking my guys. Day. I, I had a I had a Japanese uh, like tutoring session earlier, and the the topic for the lesson was supposed to be what is my favorite game. And I was talking about Witcher Three, and I was like, oh, and then they made like spinoff games called Gwent, and the card games like Triple Triad. Do you know the Triple Triad or like uh, like Yu Gi Oh kind of like you know different? But and then we talked about how we both played Yu Gi Oh when we were young, and yeah, so there we go, full circle. Yeah, didn't expect uh, that I... to happen. But yeah, for the letter from the producer stuff, I'm going to leave a link in the show notes to uh, Michael Higgum. Is that how you pronounce it? I've never known. Higham? Higham? Higham. Yeah. So so Michael Higham, he did a big, big old thread uh, as it was going on, kind of detailing everything. And he's just a naturally very excited and rad person. So... um, uh, if you, Final Fantasy fourteen editor at uh, Fanbyte or one of the writers at Fanbyte who's focusing yeah, he's on the Final section Fantasy head or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah, uh, he has a lot of details if you want just kind of someone's reaction without having to watch the full like three or four hour event, then there you go. All right. Yo, Yoshi P is forty eight is just one of these tweets. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh Speaking of loving it, I love our runtime, but we got to wrap up. We do. Uh, thank you so much for joining us uh, on this episode 190 of the Gaming Fix podcast on September 18th, 2021. I've been your host, Andre Cole, a.k.a. The Wet Gamer, a.k.a. your partner's favorite IKEA furniture. You can find me on Twitter at CoolSlaw, C-O-O-L-S-L-4-W. And on Twitch on Saturday around noon Pacific time, I'm going to be making my way through 
uh, Resident Evil Village on Village of Shadows difficulty, which is the hardest difficulty. And I haven't played that game since it came out. And now it is the hardest balls. Uh, so come join me and watch me <laughs> suffer through that. Does it build in any like randomizers for items and stuff, or is it just only- uh, different? There are different enemy placements from. It's not like randomized, but it's different from the initial playthrough. Like different enemy placements, they show up earlier. Different item placements, yeah. It's scary. It's different. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, Pat, where can people find you? You can find me at PJC Plays on Twitter. Allison. You can find me on Twitter at W-R-I-T-E-R-S-E-R-E-N-Y-T-Y. Alex. You can find me playing Opus Echo Star Song some more while Cookie Clicker runs in the background. Great. Uh, And you can find a review of that in the near future at fix.space, where you can also find Sam's review at SGCH on Twitter uh, of uh, Life is Strange True Colors. Thank you to Jeff Davis. The name just like disappeared from my head. (laughs) Thank you to Jeff Davis uh, at Stranger Peace on Twitter for our wonderful theme music. And And for existing. Existing, yes. For their wonderful Twitch streams and all that good stuff. Just a delight. Thank you to you, the listener. Stay wet, gamers. Why does it catch me off guard every time still? <laughs> I know! It's, it's my brand now. I got, I got, I, I got brand that you're unfairly forcing upon the rest of us. <laughs> hey, that's, that, that's how you, that's how you make a brand happen, right? I suppose that is, that is how brands happen. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.